0: Hey, this is Rob Rodriguez, and I broke the internet with Spider-Gwen. You're listening the to
1: them Magic. That arena, wouldn't that be kind of, that would be the name of your love child.
2: Daphman, <laughs> man. <That> cola. <laughs> you got
0: that Rob Schneider in you, the circumcised hey. Sicilian.
2: He's a funny fan.
0: Yeah, man. but looks harder.
2: <laughs> David has this huge hard on for Schneider. <laughs> no, I, I know. You, it's not, it's one, not a I, huge thing. Wait, wait, wait. wait. <laughs> one time he put, oh, look at this. Here's a list of people that are funny. And Rob Schneider. Well, because
0: uh, it, was, it was a benefit, And you had like a whole other like half dozen and, and it included Rob Schneider. He part of the lineup. And I'm like, so, you know, here go see this comedy show out on the west coast donate for a good cause and, and see a bunch of comedians and rob schneider and and, 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 and so so vince was like oh but he, he he didn't i mean the only reason he's actually even thought of right now is because he was in a state farm commercial for one night and then when they decided then when he opened up his mouth about being an anti-vaxxer state farm can
1: yeah oh, boy. so he's an anti-vaccine dude Yep. Oh so my god, these people are absolutely full. Fool- I'd like to be in It's it's really <laughs> are. And dude, fucking uh,
0: fucking Donny Wahlberg married fucking Jenny McCarthy. I know. It, it, well, it's, I it's like
2: they, there's one anti-vaxxer that I would tolerate, and it's Jenny McCarthy. <laughs> Not because of what she says or what because she does. Of
0: what she, how she looks. Yeah. It's insane. They are they are fucking nuts. But he, but once um once that interview came to light. And State Farm was just like they were getting a lot of feedback from people who saw the commercial because they're like, how could you? And they were just like, listen. I mean, normally I'm sure a company. I mean, Affleck did it with um Gilbert Gottfried, but you know, I'm guessing State Farm was like, listen, you know, they we're getting a little bit of blowback for shit that we have nothing to do with for this one character who who was doing the whole copy guy shtick for a commercial, and, and it's like, so it ain't worth it. So they can't, and, right, and that was right. it.
2: But. <laughs> His performance in Judge Dredd was masterful.
0: Uh, the only thing I really saw him that I enjoyed him in was uh, Necessary Roughness.
2: Uh, Benchwarmers is the best. It is the best. I, we, my, me and my kids watch that movie all the time. They love it. I'm sorry. Are you? But don't, you don't have to be sorry. All you have to do is sit here with us and listen, because this is 11 O'Clock Comics, episode 339.
0: Awkward. Oh yeah, and
2: i <laughs> I was somewhat confused, Vince B. <laughs> uh, best
0: that's the way we <laughs> love you. I am, I am a rather giddy because I'm talking to my boys, David A. Price. And saving the
2: citizens of Acropolis, I am Haggard West. Wow. No, you're not, Haggard West. You're Jason Wood in the house after a busy, long, very just hectic week. Long-ass week. All... Yes, it thank it is.
0: God. Sup, y'all. And, and no, on no. a high note though, if, if, if all goes well tomorrow. So at oh, least in this house, I'm, well, you're yeah, definitely on a Heine, but yeah, on, on a high note. Speaking wow. of Heine,
1: I'm not yeah. drinking Heineken this week, but, oh. but uh, did you but, see, uh, that the, uh, that Guinness has come out yes! with an American blonde I yogurt? I yeah.
0: saw that and I'm like, I, Guinness made a beer. I might actually want to try.
1: I'm going to have to get up on that. I'm going to try yeah, and get some yeah. for next week.
0: Dominion really said jealous. it was pretty good. But Southside Eric, our our uh our our brewmaster, our beer aficionado, who of course hooked us up with uh with some beer T2 E 2 a few ago, um, he uh he says it's it's okay, but um, I guess he tends to lean more towards um Brooklyn Breweries um, blonde style lager. But I I'll I'll give this a shot. I don't like the dark stuff. I mean you guys know I'm not a big beer drinker but i'll i'll give this a shot yeah Hmm.
2: definitely yeah and you don't have to trash your format to get cheap comics (laughs) right you don't all all you have to do is (laughs) head on over to discount comic book service dcbservice.com where you can reap massive massive discounts on your favorite funny books and collectibles such as and this is the last time you're going to hear this because it is the end of the month people so pay attention from image you can get a bundle four books $6.74. The book's in question. Bitch Planet, number one. Rumble, number one. Graveyard Shift, number one. Noticing a trend. And They're Not Like Us, number one. Now, the cover price on these things, I think, is like $13.49. Your price, $6.74. Unheard of. It's amazing. From IDW, it's Cortal Maltese, Under the Sign of Capricorn. This is the first of 12 volumes. It contains... Uh, let's see, these were done in the 70s, so it contains The Secret of Tristan Bantam, Rendezvous in Bahia, Sure Shot Samba, and others. This Hugo Pratt stuff is awesome, and you need to check this out if you haven't. Um, Paul Pope cites uh, Pratt as one of his influences. You will, too. And from Bergen Street Comics, it's Copra, round one trade paperback from Michael Fife. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Cover price, 1995. What's your price, Jason? I have no idea. $10.97. Sweet. That's 45% off. DCB Service does not mind late orders or order editions, and you get your books all packed up nice and secure and delivered right to your house without moving a – well, you have to move a finger at least, but you don't have to move your butt because they are the best. DCBService.com.
1: Dude, my DCBS order this past month was
2: ginagamist. I know. I, I me, me too. And it, you know what it's from? Ordering the damn singles.
1: You got me back buying more singles too. But for uh, me it was fun. the, I had the, uh, I had the two Avengers omnibus. I had another big hardcover. I don't remember what it was offhand, but I think I bought, I think it was an
2: Absolute. There's some Absolute that came out this month that I wanted. They resolicited the Howard the Duck Omnibus. Did you order no, that? I already have that. Oh, I already have it. Okay. Now let's not play around here with the singles. Isn't it just more fun to read them that way? I know it requires extra work, and you got to stick them in bags if you're you're so inclined, and you got to buy boxes and store them. But after subsisting on trades for like a long time, that that love of the the episode is rekindled for some reason to me. I like to read them in in, in pieces, and then later on, if the story warrants it, I'll go back and buy the trades. I'll double dip. How about that?
0: I do read, I mean, obviously, especially digitally, I read a lot in, in the single issue format. And there are times where I will let some titles pile up and I'll, and I'll shock them. I may not read exactly what a trade would consist of if, if I waited for that title's trade to come out. But, mm-hmm. um, I do like reading the issues as soon as they come out. There's somewhere, if, if I wasn't really feeling the previous issue, I may. Sit on it and and let a couple pile, but I mean right. I'm I'm there with you. I I do like the 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 collected format, but no, I, I it's it's always I've always been a big fan of of the single issues.
2: And it just so happens the books I'm really Jonesing on now include the single f- issues of these books include material that you aren't going to get in the collected editions. Mm, all right. So we'll talk more about that later. But yeah, I get the feeling that Jason is. Barely tolerating me right now. I don't know why. What do you mean? I don't know. I don't know. It just Whoa, dude, get. you're right, you're right <laughs> hey? there. I yeah, Jesus, Jesus. I'm redonkulous. Wow. Now what? What are we drinking? Who are you asking? <laughs> we collectively <laughs> all at once. One, two, <laughs> all right, I'll start it off because I'm the low man. I'm drinking Diet Coke. I'm
1: right there with you, player I'm drinking Diet <laughs> Dr Pepper. Yeah,
0: you're
2: drinking better stuff than I'm drinking. Mm. Yes, I should
0: have stepped off and picked up some Dr Brown's Cream Soda so I could, you know. Could have oh, really, really got this party started, but no, I am <laughs> sipping on some Redwood Creek, and for Vince, it's Cabernet Sauvignon.
2: Yo, oh, nice. That's odd. Awesome. I gotta thank you. Do you? For the first time in a very long time, it I been you. Okay. I it's been a while. Okay, I know. Um, I have to thank Mr. John Wimmer.
0: Oh, he's yes,
2: people. he uh, pinged me on the Facebooks, and he's like, "Send me your address." I was like, "Why?" And he said, "I want to send you something." I I ordered it, uh, I, it's not what I thought it would be. And now after perusing the book, I can understand what he was talking about. Okay. Um, it is Jack Kirby, a personal look oh, by Jer- yeah, by Jeremy Kirby, which I think is his grandson. You gotta be a huge Kirby fan to, to get off on this book because there is not one line of Kirby art in this entire thing. It's basically a family album. You get pictures of Jack with the wife, pictures of Jack as a young man, a middle-aged man, an old man, uh, pictures of Jack's uh, uh kids and grandkids and the w- pictures of Jack at the table, drawing and stuff, but holding up his artwork. So there is Jack artwork in here, but it's not like reproduced mm-hmm. is what I'm saying. And then you get the meat of the book is a huge stage play that Jack wrote about um the frog prints or something, it's the entire play on on typewritten typewritten on um uh paper and it's just like they're facsimiles of this this screen this uh stage play. I appreciate this because I worship the dude, but I could see where someone w- who was not, you know, yet captivated by the magic of Kirby would be like, What is this? This is like looking in something voyeuristic, mm-hmm. right? But I appreciate it and I love it and thank you, John. You're you're a good man. It will increase my knowledge of the the best man he in is a comics man. ever. Yes. So there you go. It's my thank you. Nice. Yeah. Feels good. It wow. feels good. Uh, 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 uh.
1: We got to talk about a lot of comics, man, because we did the whole con wrap up last week. Oh yes.
2: And I I think it was like not having sex for a week. We all we all like ravenous when we got back. we read so much. It was like and stuff,
1: man. It was like a yeah. Mm,
2: we, we we had map of we the had Philippines the, on on the wall. The, Comic <laughs> equivalent of Blue Balls, but even better, we read a lot of the same stuff.
1: Yeah, we did. We, we did.
2: Yeah, which is rare, I think. No, well, because I, I like the top shelf stuff, and you're cyclical, all like down in the gutter. Yeah, that that's funny. Show. um We
0: no, I think you're right. It is definitely cyclical, but there are times where one of us will read something, and then a couple of weeks later, we'll be like, "Hey, I read what you were talking about," and. We may touch on it, but we don't. And sometimes, like, Vince will even remember that we talked about it. Before. Right! Yeah, you know, that's, that's, that's rare, but yeah. It's, so.
2: It's, it's true. Sometimes I do remember. But, David, <laughs> David left me at a cliffhanger today. And, and I want, <laughs> I, I want, I want to know what happened. Because,
1: I do too, um, because I, you're, the, the page you're alluding to, I assume because of the way you alluded to it, it involves uh, some kind of horrible death to some kind of animal? So then oh. when I saw what the reveal was, I thought if this is any kind of significant reveal, then I am suffering from not being a, a seasoned deathstroke fan because I
0: think, I think Vince's thing is that um I don't like it's complaining each, about I, I I I do not um I'm not keen on Mm-hmm. Uh, Fucking with the status quo. If, if, yeah. if shit works, if that's the way someone looks, you know, then, then, then why, why mess with it? If that's mm-hmm. what works, if that's, you know, why would you do that? And, and, and Vince was funny because he's like, oh, I got a punisher vibe from it, but, um. Didn't you? I, I didn't. I didn't. Be, really? No. Because, because I don't know anything about it yet. It's still a mystery. You get to that? I mean, uh-huh. ba- what we're talking about is the first issue of the new Deathstroke written and penciled by Tony Daniel, uh, and, um, inked by, uh, Sandil Flaro. And it, it's, um, it looks, it looks good. I, I, the last thing I think I read that Daniel worked on was the first issue of Detective Comics. And he also, no, he didn't work on Hawkman. That was Tan, right? Yeah. Okay, so Detective Comics number one with, with Joker slicing his face off. That was pretty much the last thing I remember reading, uh, that was, that had anything to do with, uh, with Tony. So I figured it's Deathstroke, big Deathstroke fan. I just like I read the first issue of Lobo because I'm a Lobo fan. I will check this out and, uh, and, and I am glad I did. I, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's not the Deathstroke from the Marvel wolfen series. It's not the Deathstroke from the New Teen Titans. It's it's still similar. though I'm, I mean, it's 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 the new Fifty Two Deathstroke that we loved from Higgins and and mm-hmm. and, and Bennett and and uh, T Bear, and it's um so it's that character, and um it, it, there's there's a lot of um monologuing going on. It it, it really is just it. There's a lot of. Uh, Slade just thinking to himself, which is fine. And, and it's, uh, it is a, it is a graphic comic book. Uh, uh, Tony is taking that rated teen to, to, to as far as it can go. And, and I have no problem with it because of the character. Uh, but, um, something happens at the end of the issue where it's, uh, it, I don't see this is, this is why I am not jumping off a cliff and I'm not jumping up and down for joy because the way it ended, I don't know why this is what happened. I don't know if, if there was a mind swap. I don't know if he
2: is actually,
0: you know, I, there's just something going on where, and, and if I, with slight spoilers then, um.
2: Well, we, we should set it up for them. All right. If you
0: want to go into it. Yeah. We can. Well, it, it, actually, it's a so very, before you, before you spill it, how okay. did you, before you got to that last page, Jason, what did you think about it?
1: Uh.
2: <laughs> Well,
1: no, I, 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 thought, I agree, I thought the art was, was good, uh, it was very graphic for a DC yeah. book, um, which was fine by me, obviously, that doesn't bother me, but I was surprised by it. Um, I thought it was a little, it was a little formulaic in, 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 in it being a first issue setup type of a thing, uh, with the, with the, the monologue and, Him telling you who he is and that sort of thing. I I I thought it was kind of by the numbers on that front. I I don't think Daniel is a very good writer, so I wasn't. I didn't go. I I didn't go into this thinking this was going to be groundbreaking stuff. Um. Uh. I. I. Little bit. Little bit puzzled by the. Again, this is me not knowing the character as well. I. I. I never realized he was a metahuman. I thought he was just a badass. I didn't know that he. No. He had healing powers.
0: Yes. Uh. That was. Um he he basically he was he was very similar to to Captain America in that regard he he was uh he was picked to basically take this super super soldier serum mm-hmm. and okay. that's what gave him his enhanced reflexes it has kicked in a healing factor um he is he is quicker and stronger than your average bear basically but he he is i mean it's not he's not he's not a metahuman in the sense that he was born a mutant or anything but he um
1: he was uh chemically enhanced early on when he was in the army Gotcha and uh, the and the reveal seemed a little um anticlimactic to me, and again, I thought maybe I just didn't know something about the character but but in essence, if it is what I guess you guys are alluding to it being i don't i don't really think it was much of a reveal, so other than just trying to reset the guy's age, I guess, but I don't know, so uh I would give it like uh, I mean I have a feeling I didn't like it as much as you guys. I thought it was a fine very by the book. Middle of the road, big two title. I uh, just, it was, it's fine. I, I would, I could take it or leave the next issue. I, I certainly didn't feel, di- I'm not dying to see what happens next.
2: Hmm. Okay. Well, I enjoyed it. Um, if, if you want to run down the checklist, I like the look of it. I thought the art was, was very good. It, much, much better than Daniel has given us in the past. Not to say right. he's bad. Right, but i mean th- he has tweaked the style a little bit in recent years to be um more to my my taste like i think the double page title splash is a great image i really like that i do too. I, th- I think it's well planned out it flows the 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 uh, body language is dynamic the action is in your face and it just was well set up so visually i th- i liked it a lot it held my attention right which is is all i can ask I I, like Jason. I didn't go into it thinking, or like David, I didn't go into it thinking it was going to be, you know, like let's keep it in D.C., like a Scott Snyder. You know, I I was not expecting that that level of storytelling, but I was pleasantly surprised by how much of my attention Daniels held. I I thought it was it was kicking. You know, the 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 story flowed really well. Um, Like again, like David said, I was uh, pretty shocked at the level of violence in it i mean it's uh especially when angelica mm, yeah and it's just it, it's just an offhand like yeah. and she's gone you know um or is she but um we'll see in a nutshell uh deathstroke takes the contract in russia e- even though uh uh putin said i would really appreciate it if you don't come back here right uh but he goes back anyway he's, he's after someone called the possum And, and he's running this, this guy down and taking down, um, smaller fish on his way. And he's aided and abetted by uh, a woman and, and another, what, his new guy Friday, right? Um, to, to an extent. And then he runs into the possum and has a pretty easy time of it. We're, we're thinking because he's got the possum tied up, but the tables are turned, push comes to shove and something happens to Deathstroke where he's, beaten and bloodied to the point where he can't even concentrate. And uh there's something really metahuman going on with the possum too. Is that like a new fifty two character I think it is,
0: yeah. I don't doesn't ring a bell with me.
2: Yeah. Um and someone someone helps Deathstroke at the end, but the manner by which they help him is, is really strange and like it it does to me anyway, it does smack of that era of the Punisher where Frank was not in Frank's body <laughs> anymore. Think, yeah. Or, or at least cosmetically, it didn't look like Frank. Right. So, I mean, that's just the vibe I got from this. All in all, it was enjoyable. I, I, I would not, you know, for three bucks, yeah, I got my money's worth. But, um, top ten, no, right? No, it was, yeah, fun. It, was it was fun. It's all I can ask for. It
0: was. Um, I mean, I, 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 I dig Deathstroke's look. I, I, visually, it was an entertaining ride. Um, like, like Jason said, it's not. Um. Yeah, Daniel isn't on my list of 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 people whose whose works I have to read. But um, as far, far as when he, as far as when he draws the pictures, I it, it looks different than he has in the past. I I like this look. Uh, the mm-hmm. last page it doesn't it um, because it is the new fifty two. Maybe this is what Slade looked like back in the day, but it isn't as far as I know. I mean. It, it,
2: Oh, you're thinking some kind of time? I'm thinking. Uh, I'm, I'm.
0: I'm. I'm thinking. I'm thinking it's a body swap. I don't. I don't think. I don't think this is a younger Slade. Okay. That. That's me. Now. I mean, maybe next issue it, it is actually younger Slade because even though he hasn't always had white hair, um, I. I think he. He was a brunette, but it, it was you know, it, it, he, you know, he lost his eye because he was, because um, his his wife tried to kill him, and his reflexes actually kept him alive, but unfortunately not fast enough where he didn't end up losing his eye but uh so I mean I don't again that's the other thing like if if you went younger the whole eye thing throws me for a loop so i I think maybe this is i i think this is someone else's body, and I don't think it's um it's for any sort of of uh long term uh right. purpose i don't i i expect mm-hmm.
2: well it is comics right Right. no but
0: i'm not saying i'm not saying this is the new death stroke you know they're going to run it for a year i i expect him to be back uh by the end of this arc if it ends in a few issues i don't that that's my thinking
2: right now see one of the things that i thought daniels did was really smart was that he established early on that slade is an older gentleman yes where he doesn't like when he when he accepts his contracts, he doesn't like to leave a digital trail. Right, yeah, Every, everything is he, personal he likes, and paper. Right, he likes pictures tactile. and paper. Print that bitch out, and I'll I'll do the job. But don't be sending me emails or or JPEGs and stuff. You know what I mean? I want it. I want it old school. So early on, he established that Deathstroke is is a man of vintage, right? right. And then to the at the end of the issue. We're led to believe that this man somehow is is in a younger body. Now, and these days, everybody's all about the diversity in comics. You know, more female characters. Let's let's get these female title characters out there. What about older characters? Like, is it such a bad thing that Deathstroke is nearing sixty? Yeah. That well, I mean, right, right, why? Right. Why not? You know, if if the 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 goal was to turn back the clock on Deathstroke and make him younger, I'm going to call foul on that, because like youth is not. I think one of the things that makes Death Deathstroke special is that he is an older dude, right. mm-hmm. and and be he's right. best he's besting all these kids. Yeah. Like it's it's tough to beat Deathstroke. But
0: you know, it's in this this first issue, which you know if it. I don't know if their plan was to – it's a first issue. I don't know if we're past the age of it's a first issue. People are going to pick up an an issue with a number one on the cover. I don't know if this was supposed to attract new readers because it had a number one on the cover. I don't know if this was for the Deathstroke fans. But there was nothing about – in the issue um, that I could tell that had to do with the previous New 52 series – or anything he did before the new 52 as far as facing the titans right. and stuff. So this is, you know, you you it's it's a good jumping on point, but like with Jason who's not a big deathstroke fan, you know, you get to that last page and and you may just get to the end of it and be like, "Okay, now I want to know what this whole thing is about." Or you could just be like, "I don't know who this is supposed to be." So I'm kind of left flat.
1: Right. That's all well, I was. I, I mean, th- I I thought, okay, if this is just him getting swapped into a younger body, then kind of getting at what you guys are both alluding to. I thought, well, I don't know. I mean, one of the cool things about Slade is that he's an older dude and he still kicks ass. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, I I mean, it's just if that's what they're going for, they're just trying to revitalize the character. It doesn't do anything for me, especially because they put him in a body that's the the most obligatory. Uh, carbon copy. Yes, yeah. It's it's a super in shape young dude with blue eyes and black hair, which is basically a white lobo. It's you know what reminds sixty percent of the if you took the costume off of sixty percent of the right. Marvel and DC male superheroes, that's what they look like, right? So well, I'm
0: wondering if if maybe because if, if my thinking is that it's a different body than than Slade's whole thing is, he knows himself. So if this is If this is a different, I mean, now he's got he's got two eyes again. If this is a body that's not enhanced, that doesn't have the reflexes, that doesn't have the healing, then he's starting over from scratch. So, uh, so again, it's just that's true. You're dropping his his head. It's it's Superior Spider-Man. You're just dropping someone's head in someone's body.
2: Yeah, uh, but you know what? I hope uh, Daniels does, and it would be really nice to see this, where let's keep it in this body for an arc, and have Deathstroke realize that. Those creaks and groans and 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 just um, underperformance of his older body was like that muscle memory mm-hmm. isn't gonna isn't gonna work in this young right. body. Like he's totally off, and That's, he realize realizes that he needs that that seasoned frame yep. to do what he does, yep. and, and that would be awesome because you're you're reestablishing the fact that Deathstroke kicks ass. And is an older dude.
0: No, I'm, I'm uh, giving Daniel the benefit of the doubt by hoping that that's where he's going.
2: Me too. But I mean, like that other book we talked about and probably will in a couple of minutes, I don't have a huge a- attachment to Deathstroke. I think he's a cool character, but you know what I mean? Something like this comes up, whatever. I'll, I'll roll with it for a while, but I thought this last page was going to set you off because you did not like the, the, uh, revamping of Lobo. Right.
0: But that's, and, and that is, I, I don't view that as the same because, again, this isn't this isn't the Deathstroke that took on the New Teen Titans that worked for the Hive that 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 avenged his right. son's death. This is this is, for all intents and purposes, a new character. So that last page doesn't have the weight that it would have three years ago.
2: Right. If you saw this, um at the, end of the Titans hunt this guy at the end of the last page, holding up Deathstroke's you know, heck, yes.
0: mm-hmm. then you'd be then like, we would oh. have, yeah, then we'd have words.
2: What yes. I was going to say before is the last page, remember those horrible ads? I think Marvel ran them um in the late 90s. I mean, it may have been for Axe, but. Oh, it was a Duke, and he had Duke the three, the three she-
0: chicks in the circles.
2: Yeah, yes. and he had the, the shirt pulled up. Yes. That's, that reminds me of. <laughs> that's awesome. And that's not a- <laughs> <laughs>
0: exactly what you're talking about
2: uh so yeah uh good enough we'll see where it goes right
0: so all right so that that was a great segue because now that we talked about one of my favorite
1: characters we can't talk about speaking of old grizzled <laughs> killing machines <laughs> yeah. one of
0: jason's favorite characters
2: we we all can <sighs> the death of wolverine miniseries in its entirety all four issues yes. and we we all pretty much have varying opinions on that that series um, I'll, I'll take the high road first and let y'all talk. I thought it was fine. Thought it was yeah, fun or fun. I th- thought it was fine. Yeah, yeah I, yeah. I, I, I think it hit all the right beats. Um, I, I, last issue, I wish he went out with a little more opposition instead of the way it happened. But, but still, I mean, I, yeah, I thought it, it, it uh, covered all the tracks and it was. Good enough for me. But again, not a huge Wolverine fan. You guys are, so I want to hear what you thought about it. <laughs> uh
1: let's see. Well l- let's start with the positives. Uh I thought McNiven looked great. I-, I thought he he's his art looked fantastic throughout the whole book. And uh so it was a pleasure to look at for the most part. Um but I just had huge issues with the whole series. And not just because it's the death of one of my favorite characters. Because, again, I don't take any death very seriously. I know they're saying this time it's legit and it's going to be multi-years until we see him again. And, and that's fine. But he'll be back. I mean, there's, the guy's got, what, four movies to his name? Um, he's, he's marketable. It's it, He'll be back in some way, shape, or form uh, in a few years. So I can live with that. I can live with that. But I thought it was just a sloppy, sloppy, uh, book and, and it made me wonder if, if Soul knew much about the character before he was tasked with writing it because it felt to me more like a guy that was, was taking his big shot at the brass ring that Marvel finally gave him a high profile book and he didn't know much about the character. So he asked them to give him some back material and he tried to hit on a lot of the emotional highlights of the character's history, but in a paint-by-numbers way that expressed to me someone that read the stuff in a official handbook of the Marvel Universe Index more than experienced it himself as a fan, and um, I just felt it lacked all types of heart, and and most specifically, there is a there is a um, a moment in the fourth issue which you alluded to when we were chatting ear- earlier today, Vince, where the villain. Uh, says, who's about to die, says, well, what have you ever done with your life? What have you done with your life? And screams it at him. And then the next page is a two-page splash that shows you memories of of Logan's life. And that should be a really powerful, should be a really powerful visual cue, right? I mean, he, people hearing that, you could be thinking, wow, that's a great idea. The guy screams it, and then the next, the next turn, the the page turn is a flashback of all these amazing moments from a character that has been in probably over a thousand issues in his existence. Yet I heard other people talking about this scene before I read the issue myself. And when I read the issue, I thought it felt so flat. And this is where I think McNiven's art looked great for most of the series, but I thought he completely unequivocally failed In those two pages, because he gives us essentially rectangular six panel grids on a two page splash with lifeless headshots of different moments of Wolverine's life. There are a trillion ways visually you could have made that a more compelling uh, narrative. You could have had it in. Uh, a, a tapestry of broken images, like a broken glass with different pictures. You could have played with the layout. You could have done a time sequencing. There's all sorts of different ways you could have packed that page in with these powerful moments from his life. Instead, we got, I think 10 different rectangular headshot images of different parts of his life that were already really well known and not necessarily dramatic. I just, uh, I don't know. I felt th- I it lacked. No- it had it had no life. I thought the re- the villain reveal was, um, was was t- not only anticlimactic, but uh, who cares? I mean, so the guy that gave him his adamantium has spent the last thirty years of his life trying to redeem himself by creating an army of Wolverines. Like it didn't make sense. He's railing about how his greatest failure was creating this animal that couldn't be killed, and so he was going to redeem himself before he died and he's redeeming himself by taking soldiers and then making them into killing machines it made no sense like the lot the leap in logic made no sense um
2: yeah One i of the I, things- I just
1: had huge, i just thought oh, i think and 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 again i think if you're going to embrace the character if you want it to be a poetic ending and that he goes out without killing that could have been done wonderfully but it wasn't executed well here yeah he went out in the book without killing but it wasn't because he he tried not to. I mean, Wolverine he he saved those soldiers in a in in a manner and killed himself doing so. But he was still walking out, covered in adamantium, trying to get to the guy. So it wasn't even like he was making the conscious effort that I'm going to die in peace, or I'm just going to let I'm just going to finally let death take me. its it just I don't know. I just felt it was clunky. I, I think all it did it was reinforce to me that I do not understand the obsession people have with soul. I think he is as pedestrian as it gets among the big two writers. Nothing special about him at all.
2: Hmm, that just um, I was a little confused at one part in the series. All the um objects that the the uh, Cornelius was was um trying to uh, retrieve, what was the deal with the Hulk statue? Was that just to get Logan's attention? W- was because all of the things it seemed were tied to moments uh like the weapons And and the armor and stuff and like he was stealing all these these notable things, but then the Hulk statue. I don't know. What what was the deal with that?
1: No, I don't know. I don't think it was well explained.
2: Well, yeah, and they say it. They said it in in at least um, two spots, maybe two different issues, maybe twice within the same issue. I don't remember, but uh, it's like, yeah, this guy is is uh, acquiring blah 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 blah, and a Hulk statue. And And I'm thinking the, the the big climax, right where
1: where Wolverine tracks the Doctor down. And the doctor cackles and does the classic stereotypical bad guy monologue. Uh-huh. And then he says, Oh, and I'm glad you came to me because it saves me time and money. Cause I'm here. I want your healing factor so I can finish making these soldiers. And then a cool part is Logan puts his hand, cuts his hand and puts his hand up on the, on the glass and shows him that he doesn't have his healing factor anymore. But what happens in the next page? It's as if. The doctor's like, oh, okay, fine, well, I'm gonna start the process. If it, so, did he need the healing factor at didn't he? I mean, it, it wasn't at the whole point he needed it, right? So that was supposed to be, that should have been the moment where the doctor realizes his plan is full. So he's like, oh, I'm gonna do the healing, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make these guys anyway. And then the other thing, which I just, and again, this is probably not Soul's part, I blame editorial for this. If you're gonna make the death of this character, and one of the main crux is that, the guy that's doing it is trying to right a wrong by doing something that can't be done, which is make an arm, an uh, an army of these guys that are soldiers. Dude, I beg the editorial to go back into their files, four fucking years to 2010, when Jason Aaron, who last time I checked is the top writer at Marvel, or at least one of the two or three right now, he wrote a fucking story of exactly the same thing, Wolverine Weapon X, the first arc of it. With Ron Garney and Jason Aaron was called Adamantium Men and it was about Wolverine being hunted down by an army of soldiers that had their bones laced with adamantium and claws. Four fucking years ago, this exact story (laughs) happened and now we're supposed to, like, so what, the doctor's aspirations weren't even special. It was done four years ago better by a better writer. Like it just, I just think it's, it, look, killing him is one thing, but dude, like, I just think this was a waste of a major character's death and a waste of some great art. I I, yes. I, I think it so was not a, not a swan song for you. Not not a swan. Oh, no.
2: okay. uh, I found the one part. Uh yeah, the Ogan is talking to him and he says Cornelius is going around buying uh cyber skin, certain swords, a statue of the Hulk. I'm guessing it's just things tied to Logan's past, right. like Logan is, will always be tied to the, the Incredible Hulk. Sure, sure. Just, just because that was his first, so I'm guessing that, that he was just trying to, you know, tap him on the shoulder. Hey, it's me.
0: You know, so. The, uh, there were some, some neat moments throughout the series, but when I think about how the series started, we, we, we get, we start with Nuke, who as, aside from Wolverine Origins, (laughs) <laughs> it's not like that's... that's what I'm saying so we right. have Nuke who appeared in Captain America and then died
1: in Captain America but yet here he is here so we have this and the... this is the... Soul coming over from DC getting a big Marvel gig and having very little history with Marvel Pulling I mean, and, up and characters, and saying, Pride. "Oh, okay, I could take this dude from Origin. I could take Viper from the Marvel Comics Presents because they were married. I could, and and without any context. <laughs> and then he did that. And then he did those six
0: issues with Kate Pryde, that miniseries that Al Milgram did. Yeah, that right. that's. I'm not. The, the, the things were just. It it wasn't. Um, you, you know, mean, when 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 Vince asked me today, he was like, well, or or the other day about about the whole thing with with Mystique and and Creed, I'm like. Dude, don't, don't make me go back and, and read earlier issues. I just,
1: I, I'm just I'll trying it to get through it. If we're we're going to nip, like the Kitty Pride thing could have been so cool, right? Because yes. she shows up and, 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 it, and it harkens back, like you said, to a, a fun limited series where, uh, I always thought to me, Kitty, of all the, the female ingenue sidekicks that Wolverine had, I thought that he and Kitty had, that, that was always probably my favorite dynamic. Um, but even think about that. She, she makes her appear. And spoilers here, obviously, we're talking about... She makes her appearance by phasing into Lady Deathstrike and blowing off her hand. How could she do that? Lady Deathstrike's hand and claws are adamantium. If Kitty materialized inside her hand, Kitty's hand would get cut apart by the adamantium. Kitty doesn't have the power to destroy adamantium. She can phase inside of things, and when she materializes... She can destroy mechanical things. She can't destroy adamantium. Her hand would have been cut to pieces. It's like it's like I know it sounds nitpicky. No, super I, cool, I'm with you. But it's like if you're gonna play by the rules of what these characters are, then play by the rules. I mean, she 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 could have had Kitty reach inside of Lady Deathstrike's head or chest and materialize because, as we know, when Kitty's phase and she reaches through machinery, the machinery gets fried, and Deathstrike being a uh, a cyborg you could have he she could have fried her by sticking her hand through it but to have her materialize in her hand to blow her hand and claws off it makes made it cool no visual sense. but it just right. it looked have drew yeah. his ass off with it but it made no sense right
2: yeah one of the parts with the uh, kitty logan thing that was shocking to me but it showed that the writer had absolutely no understanding of the relationship between the two characters was when she had ogan in the kitty body kiss logan mm-hmm. That, that was right. just wrong. Right. It's just completely wrong. It's, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's like Abby on, uh, S, not, was it SVU, NCIS kissing, um, what's his face? Mark Harmon. It would just never oh, happen. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Because they're like a father daughter, right. th- you know, it, it was just creepy as hell. And maybe that was the, what he was going for. If he was, then, you know, mission accomplished, but I just thought it was icky. It's nah. It, 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 it.
0: It worked in the sense. The only thing I'll give the, or one thing I'll give the the miniseries is that it was a um, it it was for the most part self contained. Nothing aside from you know Creed running away. I can't think of anything that uh, that you would need. I mean, you can read whatever they have at the end of the issue where it says, you know, and you can continue the story about everybody mourning the loss in in these issues, but you can collect, I'm not saying this is going to be a winter green book, but you can collect this and, and have a complete story because here's Logan at the beginning of the book and he sees Reed who he's exhausted all other options. He sees Reed Reed's like, listen, this is what you can and can't do. And then Logan doesn't listen to reason, does everything he's not supposed to do, and then you get to the end where he's a kneeling statue and, and that's, that's a, a beginning and an ending for, for this story. I'm um, definitely not for this character, but mm-hmm. for this story. So at least you have that. You don't need to, like, in, in five years somebody can go and, and tell the story of the helicopter pilot who got away. And, and, you know, they can pick his brain as if there's, you know, some, some way to bring Logan back. It, it, whoever wants to go through and, and in between the panels and retcon shit and, and make sense of it, have a field day. But as far as these four issues, if, if someone's like, here, you can read a complete story. I'm not saying you can read a good complete story, but you can read something that has a beginning and ending. Uh, they accomplish that in my eyes. It's not a, yeah. it, it's not a, a well-told story. It's not a, um, it's not a story that, uh, that is, uh, uh, I mean, we've already had, I, shit, I would rather read Old Man Logan.
2: Yeah, I, I agree with you. Oh, I, I don't agree. think, I
1: think that was a much more entertaining story.
2: Yeah. And I, I, I don't didn't finish it's gonna it, gonna but i be an, an evergreen book because aside from, I mean, there's nothing notable about it aside from the death. I mean, that's the whole, reason for it existing in the first place and, and they accomplished that. But other than that, it, it says nothing about the character that isn't, hasn't already been said in, in, in more, you know, accomplished series like Claremont series, even Kitty and Wolverine was a better focus on Wolverine than, than this thing.
0: We've had, we've had Wolverine the end. We, we've had the end series of, of books that Marvel put out a few years ago. So I mean, we've, we've been, we've been told future or or ending Wolverine stories and and unfortunately th- this isn't like this is a a story that could be wolverine's final story this is this is what's happening right now in in modern 616 continuity so uh yeah. they i'm not saying they, they, they painted themselves in a corner that they can't get out of i'm sure there there are plans in place but it it's uh it it didn't end on a high note for me it, it didn't uh it didn't
1: leave a great taste in my mouth
2: yeah, but from a casual observer standpoint, it was okay. Yeah, I mean, whatever. Well, and I, I, get-
1: I listened to another podcast, uh, that, uh, I won't, I won't put them on blast for this. I, I generally like the podcast, which is why I listen to it, but they're relatively younger readers. And by younger, I don't mean chronological age. I, I just mean in terms of their experience with the comics mm-hmm. and they gushed about this series, especially the fourth issue, like it was. Mm, Like fucking like like uh like Pulitzer Prize winning. And and I just don't I don't understand it. So so but maybe to your point, Vince, maybe if you just maybe if you just view it as a story about a character that you you know only have passing familiarity with it, it it came off as fine. So Yeah. But but am I wrong in thinking that if you're gonna give us the death of one of your top five and I'm saying top five in terms of popularity and marketing and all that I'm not saying it's, it has to be anyone's particular top five favorite, but if you're going to give us the death of one of your top five characters, it should be, we should expect then that it, it, it's, you strive for it to be evocative of the character's essence that we know so well.
2: Or at the very least, give it to someone who has written and knows the character. Right. Give it to, uh,
1: you know. Jason Aaron could have killed this.
2: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Right? I mean,
1: he's written how much Wolverine now? You know yep. what I'm saying? I don't know.
2: Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Should have gave it to Frank Miller, so it got done right. <laughs> I, I don't think Frank's
1: strong, strong enough to hold a, a, a pen
2: anymore. <laughs> oh, so, dude. Well, dude. I mean,
1: he, he looks like he could use some healing serum.
2: It's not cool. Where did that regen serum come from? Was that just like a a, a recent thing? or is it, Has that been around for yeah, a while? I think it's
1: a MacGuffin, just to, for the okay. sake of the, of the series
2: thankfully, it's fluorescent yellow because we know if it's fluorescent yellow, it's it's got to do yeah. something. Well, it was fluorescent
0: yellow so we would see that he stuck it in the three bodies as he was leaving the room.
2: Right.
1: Yeah. And let's keep in mind, he had the money to to somehow find a a gigantic oil tank vat full of adamantium, but he was he was, he was praising the fact that he didn't have to spend all the money that he didn't have on, on tracking down Wolverine across the world. Those private jet flights there. are way more expensive than…
2: Securing the most rare element the <laughs> You did. <dick. laughs> uh, uh, I part of me almost wishes they went uh, against expectations and did a story totally removed from this thing, where they didn't have Kitty or you know Cyber and Cornelius. Like, let's just do something totally unexpected. What it, what that could be, I don't know. Which is why I would want it, but. Um, just something against the grain and off the cuff, and just like ha- make it have meaning, you know, uh, in in terms of the character. This was just it was just okay, mm-hmm. right? And that's not fitting, like you said, some character who is very much alive in the heart in the minds of like millions of fans, well, right? That's
1: the thing I mean, with that flat with that splash, the, the two page splash that's supposed to be this powerful. Slap in the face of the doctor who says, "What have you done with your life?" And the these two pages supposed to be the fuck you to that. The what really this is what he's done with his life. And it's just I thought it was executed just so poorly for a guy that's you 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 again you had a thousand plus issues of stuff to draw on, and 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 even if you wanted to throw in some things that weren't iconic to the average reader, you had at least a hundred issues of Origins which had him at different points of his life before he was next, you know, that before he was a superhero and ranging from the wars to Madripoor to Japan. I mean, there's just so much they could have done there and just laid it out in such a different way than to give us some rectangular boxes. I don't know. It's just, uh,
2: I got to say, I feel your pain because I'm I'm trying to put myself in your shoes. If this was the, uh, the curtain call or the, 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 you know, the, the end scene for Peter Parker, or, or say Ben Grimm, I would be royally pissed.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know, and yeah, it, yeah. exactly, it's, it's, uh, and, and it's, and it is not, uh, oh, I'm never going to see this character again. I assume we're going to see a ton of them. In fact, based on the solicits, we're, we're going to see tons of books with him in it as flashbacks and, you know, other people carrying his mantle. So, so it's, we know he's not going away, but, but it's just that again, if you're going to, Put this out as this big deal. I just I compare like, compare it to to when when Thor got killed or even Captain America got killed, and obviously the irony there is that they're both back stronger than ever. But 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 the, those were better stories. They were better executed. They had more gravitas, I think. Um, yeah. I mean, this might I, be better than Death of Superman, but but I don't know that that's
2: saying much. The, this um, Death of Wolverine. I'm being facetious. That, I'm, oh yeah, no, yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. So, you know what? I think we chewed up enough time talking about something y'all didn't like. Sorry. Let, let's, let's talk about something we did like. Okay. And I, I, I do believe we all read this. And again, I think our appreciation varies, but most of us at least appreciated it. Is that safe to say? I am talking about Cowell. Oh, from Image, yes. From, from Image Comics. It's an acronym. C-O-W-L, which stands for the Chicago Organized Workers League. Yes. It was written by Kyle Higgins and Alex Siegel, illustrated by, uh, Rod Heiss, yes. Um, yes. additional art by Stéphane Perger, Perger. Uh, Trevor McCarthy did the covers. I, I think this is important to cite the design work of Rich Bloom because it's a really sharp looking book. I think. Uh we read the the collected edition hardcover which reprints cowl one to five and like I said, it's published by Image Comics. And the
0: hardcover, the feel of this hmm. is I I just I can't stop molesting this book.
2: Yeah, it's got that tactile mm-hmm. um uh it's like a a clay Yeah, almost rubbery. Clay. It's just like well it's not just like, but it's very similar to the covers on the new Marvel hardcover. Okay, it's true. Yeah. But um let let's let's do the the lowdown. The the Cowl is essentially a uh, they're formed in 1949 post uh post World War II. Post, post World War II, and it's it's a, a group of supers. Uh some of them actually have superpowers, some of them are just really super at what they do like Batman. Um uh, but they're funded by the city of Chicago. And it's
0: set in 1962.
2: Right. So this is many years. The organization has been in business, led by a man named Jeffrey Warner, who is the elder statesman of the group and a one-time war hero and, um, a depression era superhero known as the Grey Ravens. And, uh, something happened to the Grey Raven sidekick sparrow. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that later. But so, so Jeffrey Warner runs the group and the, the, the focus of, of this team is to round up these villains called the Chicago Six. Real nasty bunch of villains that has been plaguing them for decades. And as the book opens, they get right down to the very last villain, Skylance, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, it does not go well. They get, they get them, but not without a lot of pain and a lot of destruction. And I'm assuming some people die. So the city of Chicago, who has been in contract negotiations with Cowell, use this as a point of strength and say, well, you know what? Uh, you, you got all the bad guys. What use are you now? Let's, let's work with this. And main idea here is the, the Chicago, uh, the city of Chicago wants a more active role in Cowell. They want to help uh secure members they want like veto rights if you pick someone we don't want it ain't going to happen you know and and Warner does not want it so um I don't know how much of this I want to reveal because there are things there's a lot of things going on in this book yes. most of them behind the scenes so uh I think it's safe if we just say we just go through a list of the team members just to give them a taste of this book you got a guy um, named Reggie Davis, whose codename is the Blaze. He used to be known as the Blue Blaze because uh, he was a Marine in World War II, and he finds this German um, uh, uh, a gauntlet that um, channels energy, and so he uses it to help the, the the Allied cause and gets a reputation. The war is won, and he takes this this Blue Blaze persona back to Chicago to fight crime. That's respect, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You got a, a Sue Storm like a look named Catherine Mitchell who goes by the name of Radia. She's gorgeous, um young, uh, well to do uh, girl next door type uh who oh, also also <laughs> she is but she also happens to be a very powerful tel- telekinetic and this is the, the the crux of her character because she's so beautiful men kind of lowball her yes they 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 judge her on terms of her appearance instead of what she can do like she can give you an aneurysm uh, as easy as looking at you and that never factors into it. Like she's just a hottie toddy, and men are like, uh oh, don't 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 worry yourself, honey. You just sit there and look pretty and let the men take care of it. And that freaks her out, mm-hmm. pisses her off to no end. Uh my favorite character, and I think David's and probably Jason's, was the mastermind detective John Pierce. Yes. This guy's awesome. Um he, let's just say he's the Batman of the James Bond of the group. Sure. Right? Mm-hmm. He's an ex CIA dude, uh brilliant mind uh pulls pieces together he's uh part profiler part strategist part um like he's working out everything he takes all this data running it through his brain and he he's the one who noticed hey that weapon that uh skylance used in the beginning of the book we didn't say the book but you know what i mean i've seen that before where have i seen that (laughs) and it just so happens that Cowell weaponry or at least cowl experiments are being channeled into the underworld from someone and that's where he saw he's like what r&d made that so how did this 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 bad dude get our tech where is it coming from and he starts to get on the case and and it it takes him other places
0: john pierce is also one of the few in the book with no powers
2: yes and he's one of the good guys in in like personality wise he's an honest upstanding you know, forthright dude. You cannot say that about everybody in this book. So they, it ranges from lazy to out and out scumbag, murderous scumbag. You know, so there and and that's the good guys. Uh, speaking of scumbags, there's a dude named Arclight, Life, uh, Tom, Tom Hayden. He's an uber patriotic asshole. Uh, the dude was exper- exposed to radiation. I'm assuming in Chernobyl. Because the specific location, there's a bunch of dossiers in the back of the book. It's all redacted. It's redacted. You can't see where he got, he got the ribbon. I'm assuming because he hates Russians with a passion, which could be, judging from the time we're talking sixties, could be, um, a product of the Cold War. I mean, if you were uber patriotic, you'd hate Russians in the sixties too, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and he has, he can fly. He's a genuine superhero um at least in 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 theory he can fly he has energy blast he's very powerful but he's a whoremonger. Mm. he he likes the ladies he, he likes, likes the to movies. go to the, yeah he, he he frequents these cat houses and um often takes it a bit too far he smacks around the girls and does other nasty stuff um there's a sharpshooter on the team too that's his skill he's an expert marksman mm-hmm. uh he doesn't have a code name he's he's just because known as Grant he's not powered yeah, Grant Marlowe. Oh, I noticed who's, that. He'll who's 20... uh,
0: who's son's an asshole?
2: Yeah, yeah, a little bit. But he's young; he'll grow out of it, hopefully. hopefully. I, you know, you bastard! I just noticed that the only people with code names are the ones with uh, superpowers. Yeah, mm-hmm. you, you dick! I did not notice that. Oh, Holy crap! I feel pretty. like such a, I feel like such a dumbass. You you're pretty. Uh, one man with a code name, Eclipse. <laughs> Uh, his name's Carl. Uh he <laughs> has the uh ability kind of like leech from from X Factor, he can disrupt uh superpowers. I like Carl. Yeah, Carl's cool. Yeah. Little overweight. So
0: he's yeah. perfect for me. Yeah, Chubb yeah, uh,
2: <laughs> That's one of the things <laughs> It reminded me of Harbinger a little bit in that the fact that the the creative team was not adverse to an overweight dude being on the team Mm -hmm.
0: or or you know obviously you know after a while you don't have to go through the the exercise requirements to keep the job
2: it's very true yeah uh but no i i the the um art by um rod heiss rod reese i'm sorry i thought i thought it was amazing but you have to admit very, very influenced by Bill Oh, there's a lot of Sienkiewicz. Abs- that, of was, that was, that
1: was what I was going to say. Absolutely. It's, it's a huge Sienkiewicz, uh, and a Mike Huddleston vibe. It's, it's from that, yeah. that, that, that camp.
2: Some of the sound effects, you, you would swear Sienkiewicz wrote them in his own hand because it looks like yeah, Sienkiewicz yeah. style, but that's not a drawback. No. I mean, it's very, very, it, fits. Accomplished. it works. The, the book is extremely accomplished well, visually. And, and, and it he,
1: makes sense, right? Rod Rice is a long time. Uh, comics, pe- uh, co- colorist. And mm-hmm. I don't, I assume this isn't his first illustration work in comics, but, but this is the first that I can recall seeing. And my understanding is he just did very light pencils on the pages and no inks and it's all done with coloring. Mm, so, okay. um, oh, kind of like Freddie Williams. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. You're not going right, to be, You're not going to be, you're not going to be looking to, to scan these pages from an OA dealer. Uh, okay they're not uh, most uh, of the work is done in in color
2: but well it is a team effort so more more props to them right uh, well he he I, it too
0: right yeah which i guess would he explain did the whole thing why, it's, why, it's like balloons aren't outlined they're they're just the white word balloons on the panel
2: and the the uh additional art by uh Perger Perger i thought those pages were amazing i love those pages yeah i would like to see an, an issue or two from him because uh, l- very different in style, but still very, very compelling stuff. Um, all in all, I, I, I thought this book was really fun and really interesting because, and Jason said to me, you liked it because it was talky as hell. Mm-hmm. And I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, I did. I, you know, and I didn't even notice it. not a
0: ton of action. There's action, but it's not, it's not your typical superhero comic book.
2: Right, but it's it's kind of the there is action in it and it's huge big bada boom action, but it's interspersed with our inner intercut- Yeah, contract negotiations. Yes. Usually would be like Which of course is you know, exciting
0: as all health, Jason.
2: Right, the kiss of death to me. <laughs> but I no, I thought it was extremely compelling because the characters are so damn real. The
0: uh the the, the page pages uh, remind me of uh, Trevor Hayes Yes, good call.
2: Yeah, they do they do. They really mm-hmm. do. You're right. Um, uh, there's also some, um, there's a mob boss in this book named Camden Stone. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess it's kind of like the superhero registration act where if you have superpowers, you have to be on the grid. They like the the city has to know where you are. And um, Camden Stone is using supers as his uh like enforcers in the mob. And that's not kosher. So where's, where are these supers coming from? Why does this mob boss have supers in his employ? Who's allowing this? That, that plays into the story as well. There, like I said, there's a lot of stuff going on in here. The, uh, this, this book
0: is, I don't, I don't say this often. It's not something I do often. I'll, I'll usually, you know, I'll, I'll finish a story or an issue and, and file it and be done with it, but just, and I'm noticing this because of the map that is broken down at the start of the book that tells you the patrol districts for everybody. But mm-hmm. this, um, I definitely, uh, I, I, I see me rereading this from time to time. This will get pulled off the shelf. And I, this right up there with, with, with the, uh, with the Grendel's theories or, or Dark Knight returns. Wow. This I will, I will, Holy I will reread. Shit. I could probably reread this once a year. Yeah, I
2: <laughs> seriously I, no, no I, I don't know I don't know if I would rank it with those books. No, yet. no, no, no.
0: I'm not saying it's on that level, but those those are books, those are titles that I do reread from time to time.
2: Right, right. But in terms of um rereadability, I completely agree with you. Because I read it twice and the second time around, uh see when I went into it, I didn't know it was an ongoing. I thought, okay, this is you look at it and it doesn't say uh, the uh, hardcover
0: uh, Well it's got a one on the spine.
2: Well yeah, I but it, I didn't know that. Um and and like there's nothing other than the one on the spine. Thank you David. <laughs> there's nothing to indicate that this is an ongoing. It doesn't even right. say on the back like, like, you know, collects issues 1 to 5. So I thought it was finite. I went into it thinking, "All there's right, I'm no, going to get yet, a complete." Cuz it
0: doesn't say to be continued or anything on the last page.
2: Wait, so but I'm glad on. it's an ongoing cuz you know Wait, what that means? Going? I
1: didn't realize that either.
2: Yeah, what what that means is there's more of it. To come, so that's awesome, and uh, it's it's Ooh, so immersive. Maybe it'll though. be a couple of years later. The yeah, the the amount of of footwork that the creative team did is just crazy. Like David said, there's a map in the beginning with. Does Higgins uh, live
0: in Chicago, or Siegel? Because I mean, it's it obviously it's the Chicago's organized workers union, but I mean there is a there's a um, the map is. Um, the
1: central, north, northwest, south, southwest, west. Well, the side. city in the in the comic is definitely Chicago. I mean, right? Yeah. yeah. So I don't it's know the if sixty. So it's a it's a period piece. Right. Right. Right.
2: But um, and also there's like we said, there's dossiers in the back on the characters where information is revealed, backstory that they don't touch upon in the in the book. Like, um, I don't want to spill the beans but there's an interaction between two characters where uh something is is um said where well he doesn't like you because of something that happened in your past and you're thinking okay maybe we'll see where that happens and and you read the dossier in the back and it's like holy crap no wonder this guy doesn't you know this person doesn't like this other person because something happened a big to do and it's redacted but you could You can make sense out of it, you know. You you put two and two together, right? Um, It's just and there's um, the paintings on the very last page. I think are amazing. There's there's paintings of each character, Um, uh, just you know, full body shots, and the the personalities are are all there. Like Pierce's, you know, it's a confident dude. He's got his leg crossed behind him. He's he's not he he's he's very sure of himself. You know, it's it's just a great. Um It's a great package. I, I just... No, it's it's great icing on the cake, really, when you get this much added information to what already was a pretty, you know, I thought riveting story. I was like, I'm turning the pages, trying to read it, you know, get all this information, and then I, I gave short shrift to the art, which is why I, I read it again, just to see if you know, there's uh, anything I missed. And there was. You miss a lot of stuff first pass. I, I think if I read this in singles... I wouldn't have appreciated it as much because I wouldn't have remembered from issue to issue what okay. went Look on. Look at that.
0: You're praising singles at the beginning of the episode and now you're saying
2: collected editions I, for this. Well, for certain things yes, it works. I absolutely out. agree with you. Yeah, yeah. No, I think this was, um, a, definitely a great start to what, um, will probably shape up to be a, re- a really great series because the first book is kicking.
0: I, uh, and even, even the small, the short time we have with some of the characters. I mean, um, when you have, uh, Carl and, um, and, and Grant in a car together, it's, you know, they're, they're partners. They give each other shit. But then when you have, uh, Carl and Radia in a car together where he's basically, um, giving her grief because he, uh, he was hoping that the, um, that the Cubs, was the Cubs or the White Sox? No, no, it was the White Sox. They went to Kaminsky. Uh, you know, he was, uh, Basically telling her that she could have used her powers to to push the ball.
2: Yeah, he wanted to it <laughs> right, yeah, a little bit. To he <laughs> so, like everybody in Chicago dirty, yeah. even the superhero. But it's it,
0: but I mean just just the, the interplay between the characters. It, it's you don't. It's not like we've had decades of of Thor and and Captain America shooting the shit or or um, you know Batman and Superman. This is I mean we we got to know these characters over the course of a few. Issues, handful of pages, yeah. and and you, um, there's there's definitely. I just I, it felt like this book has been going on longer than it actually has. As I was right,
2: it. that's a good point. You're right, you're right. And um, again, there's not there's some bad blood between some of the characters within the team yes. too. Yes, like yeah, uh, yeah, you have to experience it. I, I want to yeah, say no, well, I don't.
0: Yeah, I definitely don't. Want, there's a there's after I got to that part in the book and, and, um, when we were on messenger, I, I was, I was extremely pissed when something happened and. Yes. I was just like, well, oh, he's not. And I'm like, I didn't even, I didn't even imagine that, but I'm like, that was just, that was, that was a dick move. I don't know where it's going to go from here. And, and I don't know if he's going to wear a hat for the rest of his life, but I'm just, I'm, I was, I was not happy and which was, which was exactly the emotion I believe that, that, that I was supposed to feel, but it's, yeah. uh, no, I, I definitely, I mean, the, I, I, this is, it may end up somewhere on uh, on the eleven o'clock list, but it's it's a book I'd recommend. I definitely if if you I don't know if someone says, "Oh, I want to try something new," and this is this is what I'm into. I don't know where I would say read Cal. But if someone says, "Give me something, give me a recommendation," I Cal's getting thrown out there. Whether however mm-hmm. it fits in whatever parameters you may have.
2: Yes, yeah. it it definitely is a a bunch of notches above. The standard, uh, big two fair. I mean, I don't want to call it adult, but it is. It's, it's complex. It, I, I hesitate. If I gave this to him, like, um, you know, a 13 to, to like say even 16 year old, I don't think they'd appreciate it. I was going to say, I think because because, yeah. boring. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, our old grizzled dudes like ourselves, hell yeah.
1: I'm really, really surprised, Vince, that Radia isn't your favorite character in this book.
2: No, I like her. It's but Sue Storm. I, she... I
1: can't like it's it's Sue it Storm. I mean, it's it's uh, yeah, she's a yeah, beautiful really. blonde woman who's got the ability to. She's a, a, for all intents and purposes telekinetic, but she's a super powerful one. And and my favorite part of the book by far is is the way that Radia is handled because it's nineteen sixties Chicago, mm-hmm. and in spite of arguably at least as far as what we've been exposed to so far, she's the most powerful person yeah. possibly on the planet. She's completely dismissed. Being people grab her ass, they grab her without without asking for pictures. They call her doll. They ask her for petty favors. They don't. They want to do pictures of her in bikinis for photo shoots and interview the the males from the team to talk about what actually happened in the battle. Oh she, yeah, I mean, they, they completely dismiss her as as any woman of that time would have been, uh, as 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 essentially a a ornament. And a sex symbol when, but yet she powers through it all because that's the reality of the time she lives in and yet has this underlying strength where she, she knows that no matter what they do and say, she is more powerful than, than any of them. And I, I just thought yeah. that was beautifully handled by Higgins and Siegel. I, 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 I found her character to be very, very engaging. Um,
2: yeah, but there was one section where you questioned, her admission to the team as uh meaning to say that it, there is an oh, issue yeah. there that maybe, maybe she got on the team. Yeah, she through not- with, uh, but that
0: was, that was, yeah, with Jeffrey, but that was quickly. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't, I didn't put much stock in that just because that's, that's Jeffrey just making sure that, you know, you know where he stands in, on, on the well, but
1: but I I kind of take that from the, that's that's a, a madman type of thing, right? You've got right. And, and speaking, got, of, I she, mean, she I make right coming up like and and again, I'm she, like coming up in the in it, she probably, I mean, I assume she did right when she was young. She probably yes. did what she needed to do to get to the position, and now she's older and wouldn't do that, have to do that again. Just like uh, Joan, right, was this sexual creature who slept with with Roger Sterling. And madman at the beginning of the series, but but by the time we're in the later seasons, she's a full partner at the firm and 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 stands up to herself and, and is no longer in any way, shape, or form uses herself for sex. You know, uses her her sex for for achievement. So it's just I, I I think there's a journey there that could be played upon too. But you're right. I think that was more about establishing that this dude will will continue to. Do whatever he needs to do to make sure people realize that he's got the cards, that he's the boss. Right.
2: Uh, and one of the, one of the things I was glad they didn't uh, touch upon was uh, race issues. Right. Because uh, Reggie uh, Reggie Davis, the Blaze, he's yep. black, and, and he's a World War Two war hero. Um, a member of the, you know, this visible super team mm-hmm. in Chicago, and it, it, the issues of the color of, of his skin never come into play, which was awesome. That guy
0: they didn't call him the black. I mean, it, the blue blaze was because the the bands, the gauntlets, give off that that blue hue. But I mean, right, you know, they, they right, didn't they didn't go down that road of calling him the black blaze. And, it, it,
2: it, right. But if you're gonna, you know, make the period true to um, at least our history, that was a pretty tenuous time was- for. For black people, but I, I'm, i I was relieved that they didn't mm-hmm. go there because then it, it would just have added and, too much. Well, I, I, I,
1: I made a joke or comment to you guys about an issue in, uh, that I, I am decidedly, and any listeners that feel otherwise, I'm, I'm decidedly anti-union, um, in spite of the fact my father was in a union and lives off of that pension and our boy Dap is in a union and lots of people I know are in unions. So I I don't, I don't begrudge anyone from being a part of one if it helps, helps further your your career and your livelihood. Uh, But personally I'm, I'm against unions as a concept. And um, so when I started going down this road, uh, I have to give them another, another bit of credit. I thought because of the largely liberal leanings of comics, creators and the like, that this was going to turn into a, the evil man against the benevolent union story. And it's quite the opposite. It's it's in many ways uh, a condemnation of this union and how they're desperate to do almost anything to hold their union together in spite of arguably arguably the society moving to a point where it doesn't need the union anymore. Um, and I loved that. I loved that it gave a balanced approach to the very issue that faces uh, union discussions uh, over the last few decades, which is that, uh, in some cases, the unions still provide a very much needed backbone for equality, uh, depending on, on the industry. But in other places, unions have largely become obsolescent. And I, I appreciated that Higgins and Siegel presented that aspect of the, of the discussion. And it wasn't a pure one-sided thing of, of union good, negotiators, management bad. So, so kudos to him for that. Cause that, that was an unexpected surprise. And I think that the balance of it made the story that much better.
2: Yep. I'd agree with that.
1: Yeah, it's, um, it,
0: it I don't know. I, it, this kind of fit a, um, a hole I didn't know that, 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 that I had. It, it, it just, it scratched an itch that, uh, it isn't like anything else I'm currently reading. And, and a lot of it is because of, of, of what Jason just said. You know, you, you would expect them to go down. A certain road and and it didn't. and and it's uh it it's somewhat refreshing in that regard and and there are, uh, the characters feel um, i i just the way they behave is for a comic book like this believable i uh i oh, don't yeah. you know it, if 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 Jeffrey acted another way it wouldn't it would it, it would just it would it would ring false and and he just he he fits that mold i radia and i'm not the biggest fan of hers but but did anybody get a, a january jones vibe f- from her appearance
2: mm. Mm. well the quaff is pure 60s right and to me, she just, she's completely Sue Storm.
1: That's, I, I just, I saw Sue Storm. From okay. That's stage.
0: cool. Yeah. No, I, I'd, I'd yeah. rather see Sue Storm. That's fine. I, it's just, I know that, you know, Jones is in Mad Men and, and of course she was Emma Frost in first class. So it's, it's, mm-hmm. she, she's kind of in that era, but, um, I'll, I'll take, I'll take Sue Storm.
1: To me, this, yeah, this fits this, into the Astro City world. Yeah. Oh, yeah this yeah. this abusive, nice. This could have been a Busek. Astro City Mini and you wouldn't have thought twice, I think it would have fit right in. Um it, 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 it fits, it's a little less zany, but it could have fit into the Alan Moore top 10 world, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, that, that's a little more out there in, in his, the stuff he was playing with. So probably the music Astro City is a little bit more. But it is,
0: it's, it's definitely a book that, uh, that I would see. It's, I, I, it, it's, I'm really close to saying it's, it's like a perfect image book because it's not something I could see from Dark Horse. It's not something I could see from Oni. It, it really kind of just fits in. I don't know where else we would get this unless, unless Higgins and company decided to like, you know, self-publish this. I don't know where. I'd be able to read this, so so thank you to, mm-hmm. to the Image for publishing it. But yeah, it, it's yeah. it's one of those things where you just came out of left field. I remember seeing ads. I, I see, Total surprise. I, I would see the the cover of the um of the first issue. I would see in ads for for whether it was Spread or Saga or any other Image book that I was reading at the time. I would see that first issue cover, but I'm like, I don't know. I, I'm not getting anything from it. I don't know what I'm supposed to get from this. From this dude this the silhouetted profile, but um I really happy that uh that, that that ron recommended it and and uh and told us to, to check it out because it's i yeah i i i can't it's 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 a book that uh that i i really am am glad I was introduced to
2: yeah i um if I may one Slight detriment. I don't, th- I, while I do like the cover work by Trevor McCarthy, I don't think the covers set the right tone for the book. Mm-hmm.
0: Definitely like if you not looked, the first if issue. It,
2: right. If you looked at the, co- it, it, it looks, um, not an, not an opinion on the, on the style of the art, but from the very geometric, very flat, um, Limited color palette of the, of the covers. You flip that cover open and the book that you're, you're graced with looks absolutely nothing right. Right. in, in any, ma- in any way like the Agreed. covers. The, the art is experimental. The, sec- the it's,
0: second it's- issue it's- cover, you, you tell that Arc Light likes the strippers, but that has nothing to yeah. do with the, I mean, that, that may happen in the issue, but that doesn't, that's not, that wouldn't get me to buy the issue.
2: Yeah, and I I don't, I mean, because the covers aren't very exciting. They're, they're very matter of fact. They, 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 they highlight one, uh, aspect of the series and design wise, yeah, they're fine. They're really, they're really good. But if, if you're looking for a, um, a nice, um, you know, uh, setting the tone for what the reader should experience, I don't think the covers are doing Mm -hmm. that. I
0: think the, the, the third issue cover, i like with radia in the foreground with the rest of the team behind her that's that's not a bad cover the fourth issue with with uh blaze and all the fists in the air that's not so bad the the, the covers i think got better as the series continued but again like like you said vince i'd agree with you they're not um the fifth issue with the uh, with pierce and the puzzle pieces that's not bad but again i'd, I'd agree with you the uh They're they're just, I I, yeah, they don't they don't don't capture the the feeling you're going to get,
2: right. And uh, again, not to you know slight the work of Trevor McCarthy, they're good images. I just don't think they fit the book to which they're attached. That's that's so. I mean, if you can call that good as as single images removed from this series, they would be great. They're fine, but when you slap them on this book, I don't think they're copacetic to what's going on. That's right, all. right,, but all in all, a winner yes. and i gotta thank I gotta thank Ron for uh pointing this out to us while we were visiting the image booth at the at the con new york's uh, comic con He said gotta try this, sure enough, he was right, I mean, yeah, he was right. it happens <laughs> <laughs> even once, though, a, even once a, even in a, a, while. a
1: broken close, clock stops clock right. <laughs> <laughs>
2: All right, Jason, let, let's move this around. What are you reading? Oh, man,
1: I read something on the flight. You guys know I was away on some business this week. On the flight home today, I read something that uh, knocked my socks off. Ooh. Yes. Uh, by first second. Oh, I haven't heard about them in a while. It is maybe the smallest format I book I've I've, I've <laughs> ever read. I knew it. I am speaking of The Rise of Aurora West, Mm. the the Battling Boy prequel.
2: Oh,
1: the
0: Dildonator told me about this coming out. Okay.
1: (laughs) Talk about lack of context for a new listener. Yeah, there we go.
2: (laughs) There's there's (laughs) a man out there called the Dildonator? Uh, Frankie
1: told me about this Uh, book. So Battling Boy, which we talked about when it came out at Nauseam, it, it, the, it was a, it won the Eisner for best teen book of last year. It sold all over the place, all kinds of copies and all kinds of places, uh, was the book by Paul Pope last year about a young God child who comes to the town of Acropolis, which is overrun by monsters. And as part of his quest to become a man, a man in God terms, that is, uh, gets into a giant Epic battles with lots of monsters, including Sadisto and his crew. So this is a prequel. We, we are introduced at the time in Battling Boy to the concept of Haggard West, who was my intro this week. Um, Haggard was effectively the, the Batman of the, of the world. He was the, 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 he was human, but he was the hero, the crime fighter, the savior of the city. And by the time Battling Boy comes to the town, Haggard is is dead. He dead. Um, But this takes us all the way back to the emergence of Aurora West, who is Haggard's daughter. And it is 162 pages. Um, It's black and white. And there are a couple things interesting about this juxtaposed against the first Battling Boy novel. Uh, first of all, Battling Boy was, if, was fully colored. This is black and white. Um, it's very much, probably by design, although I haven't confirmed this, it's created to look and feel like a pocketbook that you would have bought off the rack in the 70s and stuck in your back pocket and handed it around to your buddies and you might go into a library and find on a spinner rack somewhere all with the, with the, 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 the tops of the corners all bent from people bookmarking it and it just, just become quickly ragged because it's, uh, it's, it's newsprint and it's, like I said, it's black and white and it's small. It's a, it's a digest size book. Um, and, and if I have one criticism of it, it's exactly the same criticism we had collectively <laughs> about Battling Boy at the time, which is that the art is so stunning, but it's so detailed with so much action that the small format really does it an injustice.
2: Um, yep. yep. It's like for a second heard our complaints about the first one and got really like F you. Maybe exactly. They made it smaller yeah. in the
1: battling point. They made it black and white, but that is a minor complaint against what is otherwise a wonderful book. Um, Aurora, the book jumps through time essentially, but, but it does it in such an effective way that it's, it's not hard to follow. Uh, we're the, the current story the current timeline of the book Aurora is I'm guessing in her late teens, early twenties, she's an established heroine. Um, she's, she's trying to figure out what went on with, with her past, who she is, um, through much of it. We are uh, at a point in time where she is younger than that. She is spent some time as her father's, um, effectively the Robin to his Batman, uh, She's out fighting crime with him. Um, they, uh, they, at this point in the time, and again, this is all prequel to Battling Boy, Acropolis is being overrun by monsters, and it's an insidious thing. These monsters are, uh, stealing children from their homes, and have been for some time to the point where now there's a, uh, a, a citywide curfew, because kids, if they're out after dark, are much more likely to get captured. Um and as, as much as Haggard is, is, is Fighting each night, he's, he's losing the battle. He's, he's not, he's not curtailing the, the spread of the monsters. And part of the reason for that is that during one particular night, uh, Haggard's wife, who was his crime fighting partner, is killed while he is giving an interview to the press. And he blames himself for that. And so he spends more than a year, uh, searching for his wife's killer to no avail. And becomes so obsessed with that that he uh stops going on patrol each night and it, it essentially lets the monsters run wild and 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 get an almost insurmountable groundhold on the town on the city uh and then again fast forward to the point now where aurora is his his new crime fighting partner and aurora um she 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 struggles with her existence she struggles with with her past and uh her mother and the role she may have played inadvertently in her mother 's death and disappearance um the haggardin and aurora get in a battle with a monster and the monster leaves a symbol behind upon his death and the symbol's very familiar to aurora and she becomes obsessed with the symbol and why she why 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 she remembers it and she does some transcendental med- meditation goes into kind of a dreamscape and realizes what the symbol is and where she saw it and it turns out that she drew this very same symbol on a wall in their house when she was four years old. And so there's a reason for that. And I won't get into what the symbol represents and, and how it ties back into her childhood, but, but it, it weaves this, this, this very almost tragic interconnectivity between her childhood and her imaginary friend at the time and, and, and what becomes of her mother. And then ultimately what becomes of, of Acropolis and the monsters who take it over. Um, the, the, the other, Aspect of this book that's notable is that, um, Battling Boy was written and drawn by Paul Pope. Of course, a legend. Uh, he, we don't need to, we don't need to explain to people his greatness. This is co-written by Pope along with a, uh, JT Petty with art by a gentleman who I was previously unfamiliar with named David Rubin. Uh, mm-hmm. it's spelled R-U-B-I-N, but I believe it's Rubin. Uh, I believe he's Spanish. And I don't know if you got if you guys have seen him before, but um,
2: yeah I saw the art for this book as he was not as he mm-hmm. was doing it but he would float images online as he was working up the characters and doing different pages and I was like it's oh, crazy man. it's crazy he, yeah.
1: he's, it, it's it's if you took if you locked Paul Pope in a room with Jeff Smith gave him a bunch of Spanish mm-hmm. fly <laughs> and somehow allowed them to create a genetic offspring it would be Rubin That's awesome. that is a
2: really 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 smart combination you just made because that's exactly what i see well i'm not calling myself smart but i'm calling you smart <laughs> you're really smart um,
1: jason because you agreed with no, me no no but i no, no, no. can
2: not no i i definitely see it because he does have the the the, the pope isms but it, they're more controlled and they're they're when well, nah, i don't want to say that they're more realistically mm-hmm, rendered mm-hmm. and and that like a jeff smith it's you nailed it and that's the thing that's
1: where i will say this i would i'm I do not want to convey what I'm about to say as suggesting that this guy is better than Paul Pope. That, that's not what I'm getting at, but because of his slightly cleaner line work and tendency to not fill the panels with as much detail, I think the smaller form factor isn't as limiting here as it was on Pope.
2: Yeah. good
1: call. Um, but it's a, just an amazing book. The panel layouts are fun. um, when she's when she's thinking back in time he he draws the panels in interlocking puzzle pieces instead of grids um it's uh it, the monsters he creates are just nightmarish there's a um uh a female in this book called medulla like medulla Aplongata, and she's this mm-hmm. stringy fish like snake like creature but she's got this gigantic Evil Cheshire smile and these eyes, she looks like um, like a Dr. Seussian Grinch combined with Medusa. It's just downright nightmarish. And um, it, Aurora is a, a, a interesting, intriguing character. She's confident. Uh, she's capable. Um, she's she's fearless in action, but but full of of inner turmoil and doubt about her past and, 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 and avenging her, her parents and, and what her role is in all this. Um, I just thought this was a home run and it's, it's, it's part two and what I think is going to be a quartet. I, I, I think the next one is going to be, um, the fall of the house of West, which is another battling boy. OGN that will be written and drawn by Pope, and then I think this team is back for another after that. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's the plan. So, right. um yeah, I'll have. I mean, again, it's it's it's, and the best part about this, just like with with Battling Boy, is it's it's a nine ninety nine cover price. So right. it's probably what five six bucks at in stock trades Amazon.
2: It was it was cheap. Yeah. yeah.
1: So highly recommend. But the thing.
2: The thing that I like about it is it's sized like a manga, it's mm-hmm. priced like a manga. Yeah, you know, it's it's just a nice little compact form factor, but it's about an inch and a half smaller than battling board. It is, but and nitpicky, I wish it was the same. It's size. a
1: crazy good value though, right? That's 150 story pages for nine mm-hmm. ninety nine. Like you said, it's priced right. like a manga, which which is yeah. is tremendous value.
2: Um, yep, considering it's all new work. You know, right, that's right. even more, more impressive. So yeah, I can't wait to get this. It's coming in my box.
1: And, and let's hope that there is at some point a, an awesome, oversized, collected art edition of this whole, the, the quartet of stories once it's done.
2: Right. I didn't notice when this was solicited or I may have overlooked it, but I don't believe that there was a hardcover uh, companion to this like there was for Battling Boy. No. I think this no. is the only. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is, is neat. It, that, that's pretty cool. Cause, you know, they're just, that says to me, we are all about producing this art. We're not going to stand on any kind of tradition or, or, or any, you know, set format for these things. The, the, the artist is going to decide right. what it looks like. That's great. Yeah. Can't wait to get right. this. I may not have to read it now after everything you, you spilled, but, uh.
0: <laughs> How's that feel,
2: Vince? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> As I was just going to say, but. But paybacks—they are a bitch, right?
1: <laughs> well, and let me just say that that uh the the none of the major plot points I gave away.
2: Right, I I assumed yeah. you wouldn't. So you're you're but, still good. Uh, it does my heart good to to know that you really like this because then it makes me want to read it every, even more.
1: I, I'll tell you what this this Ruben dude, the beast mode, <laughs> beast mode. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean this guy. Yeah. Uh, I went to his website. It's unfortunately all in Spanish, so I couldn't <laughs> gather much. I mean, I do. I, I translate. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, and I, I, I theoretically read Spanish, but it just was it wasn't what I was looking. It didn't wasn't immediately illustrative. So,
2: when things like this happen, it boggles my mind to to conceive that there is a there was a guy this good out there, and we haven't heard from him before now. Like, where has he been all our lives? Boom! Now he's here, and you and you look at this art, and it's just like, oh well, I'm I'm certainly glad you're here, and now I'm. So you better Not stay around more, for a while. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. The uh actually, you ready for something that's going to boggle your mind?
2: Mm. Oh, I, I always. Okay.
0: I read five, six issues of something that I didn't expect to read and enjoy as much as I did. Tarot. No, no, but I did <laughs> notice that a new issue came out this week. Or was that just a variant? It was. It was. No. Stop. Because <laughs> I've read Vampirella in the past. I like Vampirella. It's, it's Wait. written by Mr. Cullen Bunn and it is the, the, uh, the art over the course of these six issues is, uh, Dale Eaglesham, Rags Morales and, uh, Igor, uh, Lima.
2: I know what it you is. You know what it
0: is. This is the new 52. First five issues of Sinestro and Futures End. Wow. Yeah. Yep. Uh, it is a, it is, it is really, really good. It is, and, and that's not, it's not, oh, it's really good because it's, it, it, Cullen wrote it. I like Cullen Bunn's work. I like Sinestro. I, I haven't read a lot of the Lantern stuff in, in recent months, um, by choice and, um, I figured I would, uh, I remember when Colin announced that he'd be taking over Sinestro and, or, or starting Sinestro when, when the series would launch and, and Ed Eaglesham was going to be drawing it. So I wanted to check it out. Um, and it is very reminiscent to the, um, the, the Doug Monkey Christian Alame, a little cleaner, but it is, it's, it's that, that broad-shouldered, uh, look and, um, Sinestro is basically, the, the series starts off, he's, he's, uh, in a self-imposed exile, uh, but he does come back to the Sinestro Corps and, uh, Acrylo has taken his, uh, his daughter, uh, Sornik, uh, prisoner, hostage, whatever you want to call it, uh, but Sinestro comes and, and makes sure that everybody knows that, uh, he's the HNIC and, uh, Uh, his daughter has not left to go back to the Lanterns. There is a, uh, there's an appearance in, uh, in later issues, uh, how Jordan shows up, uh, because she does reach out to, to the Lanterns. Jordan is the one who, uh, who answered the call. So there's some, uh, there's some pretty good snaps between Jordan and Sinestro. Uh, Sinestro reminds us that, uh, He is his, his, uh, Jordan is his truest friend and his greatest enemy. And, uh, there, the art by Morales is is fantastic. The, uh, the art by Eaglesham is great. The future's end issue is is set five years in the future. Uh, there are things that I'm guessing are going to play out. Again, I'm not, I'm not real, uh, clued in on the whole futures end thing. I don't know if this is like if this is like <laughs> that old Stormwatch uh stuff where they went a few months into the future when you caught up to that issue of Stormwatch and and uh that would Tying like they they jumped ahead to issue twenty one and they were only at issue like nine and by the time you got up to twenty one everything fit in all nicely. So I don't know if what's actually happening in Futures End is really going to play out in the next few years of Sinestro if it makes it that long. But uh it because there's only five issues of Sinestro, when we get to the Futures End issue, uh everything is still like real fresh and new. So when we get when I get to issue six, um We'll see if we're still cruising along on that, on that course, but it's, uh, it really has been a, um, an interesting ride. And, and of course, um, you know, Lisa has, or Lisa has, uh, she has, she's basically the, uh, living embodiment of, of, um, what the hell was Sinestro's
2: book? the book of um it's not the book of parallax is it maybe it is because parallax does make yeah. an
0: appearance because parallax is still well I'm not going to give that away but
2: uh I like the fact that she's uh because when, when I talked about the first issue that was my favorite part was her I mean I think she's she is great. great she is she she's yeah. she's not his muse but she's, No she's 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 um bitchy to him like she does not everyone else to a certain extent at least acknowledges right. it, Sin, sinestro's greatness no. not her she does not and he and, and he's like
0: you know i don't you know he's he even tells her she's like you know do you trust anybody you know i mean do you not trust your own daughter and he's like you know you're you're my most uh uh valuable person to me and and i don't even trust you but it it's it it really is you kind of get a um I enjoy the, the, getting to know Sinestro and uh, more intimately, I guess. It, it's just, it, it's, yeah. Bun, I think is, it, he's not exactly, Cullen's not the dude I would think of when, when it's like, you know, we need to, we need to write about the the greatest enemy of the space cops. And it, Bun is the six gun guy and, and, and he's written Wolverine and, and he's written Magneto. And I don't know if, if he's the guy I'd go to when it comes to, uh, science fiction space tales but he um he's not gonna add a park with this and and
2: you, you know i'm glad you said that because i once considered cullen that guy who kept screaming remember way 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 back at um uh, c2e2 i think it was actually the first or one
0: was it wizard world
2: or yeah, couldn't even. It could have been Wizard World too when when Cullen was like the "Let's rock these tits" guy. Remember, he just kept saying that over yes. and over. "Let's rock these tits." I think of him as that guy, and he never. I he never ceases to amaze me. He can write anything. He's yeah. very versatile. He really is. He is, and and it's just like I, um, I've I've underestimated him a little in the past, but now having experienced everything that the dude has written. Yeah. I, I i will uh, he astounds me just the the versatility and this he guy lucks has.
0: out with some amazing freaking artists and and yeah. they, and, it, and he's a nice he guy is, too. he's, he's an extremely nice guy uh the artists do do justice to his stories um i mean yeah. especially when you know i mean he's eagle shame kind of has that 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 smirk that um that, you know, I, I know my shit don't stick look that, that Hal Jordan kinda gives off, which is the reason why a lot of people just don't care for the dude. And yeah. um Eagle Sham nails it. And uh there's um and again, I haven't read a Hal Jordan story in months, so I don't know where he is on on the pecking order and, and I still hate the redesigns on some of the costumes, the the, the ridiculous unnecessary piping, but There's, um, (laughs) it really is. It's just, it's like, why do you noodle with shit? It's like, what, what purpose does that serve? Ask Jim Lee. That's what I'm saying though. It's like, these aren't pouches. These are just unnecessary little extra. It's like his pen slipped and he's like, oh yeah, it's part of the costume. So it's, (laughs) um, I, I, uh, I, I'll be sticking with Sinestro for the time being. I, um. Who's that? I mean, yeah, but I mean, yeah. this now, you know, I'll have to read the next issue of Lobo. I gotta see where Deathstroke is going. So, you know, I'm reading more DC now than I have in like the past two years, but long time, it's, man. um, you know, but no, I, 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 uh, I, I, I'm glad that, that Cullen is writing this. I'm glad that, uh, that I'm, I'm getting somewhat of a lanterns fix with, with Sinestro. It's, um, it's great. I mean, it's, and he's got the dudes who are kind of, um, I mean, they're still yellow lanterns. They are still, these are the dudes who who um you know they they get off on on instilling fear in others and and it's uh it they're not it's not as gory or graphic as as deathstroke was but these dudes still do bad things to other people and and uh it's um and to see you know the, the doctor of the green lantern corps sornak just have to kind of she um you know she's not she hasn't left dad, but, and that's the other thing is, is that, um, because of Sinestro's whole thing was trying to, um, save, uh, Korrigar and, and that didn't really, I guess, happen the way he, he wanted it to. It, it things kind of fell apart. There are survivors of his home planet and, uh, he, I think that's another reason why his daughter is sticking around because either she doesn't really trust him to do what's right because and as and, and when Jordan shows up he's like you know so you're going to you're saying you're trying to save these survivors of your home planet but how how far are you going to let them go before you you decide that you're tired of watching them make their own mistakes and you're going to let them know how they should live their life. And, and so Jordan is letting him know that, you know, we're watching you. You have your daughter watching you and, uh, and you know, it's only a matter of time before you slip up and, and, uh, Sinestro kind of snaps back at him and it really is a, uh, it's, it's an interesting just, I, I like when, when the villain kind of gets a title where, where, uh, we get some backstory on him so that when the villain, instead of just showing up in a hero's book and you don't, you just know that he's the bad guy. He's, he's his rogue instead of, uh, knowing his motivations. And, and I think, I think Bun's going to be able to have fun with this and, and really flesh out the character and, uh, and, and it's not just going to be Sinestro showing up in a Green Lantern book. And you're just getting it from Hal's point of view and you always just know that the villain loses and, uh, he's a sad sack. Now you just, you're getting some insight in what makes Sinestro tick and, uh, and why it would be a big deal when he faces off against the other lanterns and, uh, and if he fails, how, what it means to him and, and, and what else it could affect. So I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. I, I thought it was a, um, I thought the, the art was fantastic. The Eagle Sham stuff is great. And like I said, I've always liked Rags, but it's, uh, it's, they don't, it's not like Rags is trying to draw like Eagle Sham. they they, uh, they do have different styles, but it, it still fits. It's not like, you know, it's, it's jarring from mm-hmm. one page to the next. And, and even the future's end issue was, was pretty funky, but I'm, um, I'm ready for issue six to see where the, where the ongoing goes, but yeah, I, I'd, uh, I recommend it. I'll give it
2: a shot. Yeah, and you know, I give uh, Mr. Bunn a little bit more love. He's worked at Marvel, he's worked at DC, he's worked at Oni. He's not one of those guys that I immediately peg as, oh, he's an ex-writer. Like, even though Hickman has done fantastic career-making work at Marvel, Hickman's always going to be an image writer to me. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Really? It's, it's just like... Okay. So we. We, we name these in, in, I mean, mentally, we, we tag sure. these people with, with the company they, we feel like they fit the best. Bun fits all the companies. I mean, his work across the board, no matter where it is, has always been really, really good. So I, I don't peg him as a Marvel writer, even though he's done fantastic work at Marvel. I, and I don't peg him as a DC dude either. He's, he, he seamlessly worms his way into these companies, does great work and it, it, the, the companies don't leave the mark on him. He leaves the mark there is what I guess I'm trying to so say. So where,
0: where is, what, what company does Alan Moore work for?
2: Alan Moore will always, and he's probably, if you ever heard this, he probably would cast some kind of <laughs> mystical mumbo jumbo spell on me and make me, you know, impotent. Um, he will always be a DC guy. I agree
1: with you. Same with Morrison. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm.
2: yeah, yeah. Yep, but uh, I mean it's it. It takes a lot for these guys, and it's all imposed by our our petty sure, little. Sure. Yeah, you know, it's justice. just
0: like Barry is my Flash, or who's who, who's right. No, right. I get it. I absolutely get it.
2: But Bon Bon is is unique in the fact that I I don't instantly peg him as ex writer. I peg him as Colm which is saying something. I right? think so. Yeah, I do really like his work a lot. Yes. Yep.
1: I like it a lot. Little-
2: I have a lot of things to talk about, <laughs> and not a lot of time. I I think I overdid it. This I think week. you
0: did. I think. Well, I know I, think, I did. I really did.
2: I I'm going to save um the meat, of of what I want to talk about for my in your travels and tease it and talk about it in detail next week. in your um, travels
0: might overlap.
2: Yeah, maybe. Um, I read a a. A perennial favorite this, this, this week. It's, it's a book I go back to a lot. Um, it's not a great story, but it's one of my all time favorites. Um, specifically on the strength of the cover. When I saw it as a kid, it just, it completely floored me. Um, it's, it's a Marvel adaptation of a, a universal made for TV movie. And this thing came out. Um, 1974, and the pub, the, um, comic was published two months after the movie of the, I believe it was a movie of the week, uh, aired. The, the movie starred, uh, Bob Urich from Vegas, uh, Clint Walker's in it, uh, Carl Betts from The Donna Reed Show, Neville Brand, but uh, I'm probably, whoever has read this is going to get what it is based on this next line. It, it was adapted, uh, the teleplay was written by Theodore Sturgeon, which was adapted from his original novella. Uh, the comic, the Marvel comic in question, was adapted from Sturgeon's novella by Jerry Conway. Another favorite. Uh, the, the pencils were by Dick Ayers, and the inks were by Ernie Chan. And uh it, it, it appeared in World's Unknown number six. It is the adaptation of Killdozer. Have any of you read this? I have not. I don't. Think you have, so. you have, have you ever seen the movie? Yes. It's it's really bad, but but as a kid, I loved the hell out of it. All my friends loved the hell out of it. And when I saw this cover, it, it was just like, oh my god, look at that. Look at Killdozer. It, it, it was so anthropomorphic on the cover. Unlike anything you see in the comic, unlike anything you saw in the, 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 the movie, the um, heirs drew the, the bulldozer with a serrated blade like teeth. The the headlights were, were nasty, evil eyes. It was just an amazing cover. I had to have it. Um, Back in the day, I thought the story was awesome. And I reread it every year to remind me that, you know, those initial impressions aren't always the truth. It's not a great story. It's fun. Um, the, the, the comic is, is a lot more faithful to Sturgeon's novella. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, in the movie, the, the bulldozer, which is a, a D7 bulldozer. And that's really important. Uh, because the, it's nicknamed like the, the, uh, in, it, it's possessed. The, the bulldozer becomes possessed by what? Well, it, it's an electron-based entity from a civilization that existed on Earth billions of years ago. Like the, these two, uh, one humanoid-ish uh, race, and then they had this this electron-based cloud entities that that could, um, you know, worm their way into technology and machinery and, and and take control of it. And these these two races fought. This bitter battle um, and basically devastated the earth, like boiling seas, cracked continents, just massive death all over and uh, w- turns out that the the humans at the very last minute actually i hesitate to call them humans the the precursors to our race found this element called neutronium that had the ability to block these um Entities, but it wasn't good enough and everybody died with the exception of one of these cloud form entities which found a cache of neutronium and I guess it figured that since it was impen- impenetrable to it that it could somehow protect it. So it, 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 it went into the neutronium from for some means and uh, over a period of billions of years got covered over so when this construction crew in the present day gets to this island and and they have to build an airstrip the bulldozer the D7 unearths this neutronium and the entity escapes and goes into the bulldozer and chaos ensues i mean it was one of those typical 1970s movies where you know um there was one little hook that drove the entire movie not exactly a great movie but a fun movie a memorable one for me as a kid so i always go back to this issue and and readjust it. and it it does it takes me back to that day um if, if there's a you find a marvel book with a 20 cent price on it chances are i either have it or want it real bad i mean that's my zone mm-hmm. you know and the reason why it, the the D7 is is uh important the the bulldozer gets a nickname the foreman doesn't speak spanish and the the uh bulldozer jockey is and he calls the the vehicle a desiete meaning D7 but the foreman who who doesn't uh, understand spanish thinks the guy's calling it a daisy Eddie. Mm-hmm. So the bulldozer is called Daisy Eddie for the the, the story. That's that's the the little tag they put on it. But uh, it's pretty nasty for the time. I mean, there's people getting crushed and bulldozed and run over and and dismembered. But you don't see it. It it happens mostly off panel. Uh, Ayers and and Chan, they do a great job on this. It's mostly interplay between the the foreman and his workers like they begin he describes he sees the bulldozer killing people and they won't believe him they think you know this guy's nuts he's off his rocker and th- eventually they get to the point where the the construction team tie up the foreman because they think like he's the one that's murdering all these people and it's just not the mm-hmm. case and most of the it, most of the comic is just the interplay between the construction crew the, there's one real hard ass who has it out for the foreman from the very beginning and he's the bad egg and you know, it, they, they play off each other. So it's mostly just dialogue and people talking, but Ayers and Chan do a great job with very little. Um it's, it's like I said, one of my favorite issues. And David, mm-hmm. get the, get this. On the letters page, what's that, right? On the letters page, there's a marble value stamp. Ooh. Number 35 kill raven (laughs) (laughs) those friggin stamps i i my my older self wants to go back in time and punch my younger self in the face for cutting the damn things Mm -hmm. out of the comics but i i soon stopped like I, i i cut maybe about four of them and i've since repurchased unmarred issues for the ones that i did cut but yeah you know back in the day you saw them you just wanted to cut the things out because, I mean, they're stamps they don't belong on a page they belong on another piece of paper uh but yeah, I love the Marvel value stamps they're time machines That's these true. these twenty twenty and twenty five cent issues to me they they bring me right back to the 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 time where I first discovered Marvel and fell in love and uh it's it's a very inexpensive way to to feel a little bit younger, nice, yeah yeah. But yeah, Worlds Unknown number 6. The next two issues were awesome. They did the uh Golden Voyage of Sinbad. Mm. It was a two-parter and then the series ended. So, it couldn't have been that great, but I love them. So, there you go. Yes. God bless Marvel. <laughs> what would what seriously, what would we all be without Marvel? It wasn't that the gateway for I mean all of us, right? Sure. And I mean, how many, how many millions and millions of people Marvel was the gateway drug. I'm sure it's true for DC Absolutely. too. It's
1: an age thing. But,
2: yeah. yeah. But Marvel was the underdog. They were the hot new, cutting the edge companies. They were. Yeah. A long and, time and ago, think, dude. We're old. Right. I know. We're seeing some of that now. Uh Events notwithstanding, it, it seems that Marvel is, is is blazing a trail where.
1: Oh well Dude, this is this it, is, when when you go down this route this is when half our
2: listeners start screaming at you cuz no I was going to balance it out by saying if this new DC news bears fruit with the their DC wants to switch it up they want to try new things.
1: Yeah, I mean let's hope right let's hope that it comes something good of it. It seems like the uh the corporate muckety-mucks are seeing the interesting takes uh and uh try at least given right. the theoretically given the creators more freedom to to do the do. Let's hope they
2: let's hope right. they execute against was, it. Yes. I was gonna balance it. It's well no I what I was balance. gonna
1: say though is when you make a comment like that I think it implies that you're saying that Marvel's more popular than they've ever been and many would argue that's not the case. No,
2: no I so. wouldn't say that. No. They're not selling, you know, millions of issues. Is. Like they once did. It's true. But all right, and you know who has millions of issues <laughs> available to you for not a whole lot of money? <laughs> who? This comic book what service, DCB. What? I know they are the best, DCBService.com. dot com. Remember these specials because it's the very last chance you're going to have at uh, scoring them. Four image issues, all number ones. Get in on the ground floor. You could probably turn them around for a lot more money than what you paid here. Six dollars and seventy four cents. Bitch Planet, Rumble, Graveyard Shift, and They're Not Like Us, all number ones. IDW, Corto, Corto Maltese uh under the sign of Capricorn, fourteen ninety nine. That's half off. Where are you gonna get an IDW trade for half off? Nowhere. And Copra, Round One, Trade Paperback, Volume One, Bergen Street Comics in Association with uh Michael Fife, uh nineteen ninety five cover your price, ten dollars and ninety seven cents. Just do it already. DCBService.com In your travels, I'm going to give you a little bit of assignment because it is the month of horror. uh and, and this book, man, did it scratch that itch? It's from the amazing, and I feel perfectly justified in using that term when describing the work of these two men, the amazing team of Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips, uh Since the New York Comic Con, I have read the f- deluxe hardcover edition of Fatal, mm-hmm. and I do believe it has to be one of my favorite comics. Whoa,
1: dude, what is going on tonight? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: Um, I I kind of disregarded their work. Uh, I yeah. love it, but I I kind of... Uh, uh, wax and wane on the work of Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips, mostly because they play in that, um, cloak and dagger, espionage, criminal element, uh, genre, the noir genre. And that doesn't always float my boat, but, um, I must be entering a more mature phase because I also read the fade out, the first two issues, and I thought they were amazing.
0: I'm on my toes, man.
2: No, I'm not. <laughs> so, um, what I want you to do for next week, and I'll talk about it in depth because there's a lot of cool things about this this story, this Fatal, very complex series, uh, spans a bunch of decades. Um, you need to pay attention to it. Uh, I want you to read, or try at least to read, uh, Fatal Books 1 and 2, collecting issues 1 to 10. Just go buy the deluxe hardcover edition. You'll get it all with uh, the uh, team's trademark chunky back matter, some of it. Uh, and the uh, Lovecraft name is dropped. Thank you very much. You get a cover gallery. There's sketches, etc. And uh color work by Betty Breitweiser. Whoo, mm-hmm. she's great. She is awesome. And this book is awesome. And you should read it for next week. Because uh, it's really special. So special. Yep. yep. That, Take it away. You'd...
0: Uh I... I'm um, uh going to go ahead and say that uh I'm gonna add to the Ru Baker, Phillips Love. Um and as hinted, I read the first two issues of the Fade Out, and mm-hmm. I am really um happy with with that. I um I want so the third okay. issue now. I am a fan uh, thanks to Renee uh who really uh helped me get hooked with the um with the early uh talkies with with the movies of the 30s and the 40s and uh early stuff from from bogey and and william powell and william holden and this this series uh takes place in the um the early part of of hollywood and uh the uh
2: Back when the sign was different. Hollywood land mean,
0: and, and you had, yeah. uh, so it, it's, it's a, um, and it's, it's the behind the scenes stuff. It's about a screenwriter and, and, uh, his, in air quotes, best friend and, and, uh, and, and their lives and, and the people who work at the studio, not so much the actors and the actresses, but, uh, the, the main character is a screenwriter who, um, Who named names and, and, uh, one of his very good friends is blacklisted and, uh, so that's, that's the era we're talking about, but there's, uh, there's a murder mystery involved and a cover up and, and there's it, this really could be a movie that, 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 uh, that feels like it could have been played by, by Humphrey Brogart as the lead. And I, I am, I'm all about, I know, I know you mentioned that, you know, you're a fan of the Thin Man, so you should check this out. There isn't, as far as the movies go there isn't um there isn't anything i see
2: that uh thematically i'm not saying right no character. yeah
0: it's not like it's, it's a thin Man story or anything but no i just from if if you're into those stories then then you could probably there is a movie um one of bogey's later movies uh where he does play a a screenwriter and i i that that reminds me of this a lot. And, and I was telling Renee about this, the book, and it's, I believe it's something that, uh, that she would probably dig. So once we get further along, either after the, the first collection or I, I don't even know if this is an ongoing or if they have this planned as, as a limited series, but, uh, whatever is collected, I'll, um, I'll pass along to
2: her. Yeah. I know they're taking a break to do, uh, a criminal shot. So this may go like say six issues and then the criminal thing and maybe they'll go back to it, which is, is, is cool. Um, yeah, I, I fear for Charlie. Char- Charlie is the screenwriter, uh, David yes. was talking about and he is experiencing, um, writer's block. He just, just can't perform, can't, can't dredge up the ideas. He's, 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 uh, creatively impotent and, um, his, best buddy like david said in quotes gill the the blacklisted man the, the shadow of the mccarthy era is all over this thing um he's a very good writer and has no trouble ba- belting out the stuff so what they're doing is they they form this this partnership where charlie takes the credit for gill's work and you know splits the, the because gill can't find work right cuz he's he, he's 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 a commie sympathizer yep and so um charlie takes the credit and gets the money and shares it with gill and they have this this kind of uh dark um bond going on um at least subversive bond let's not call it dark. Right. and and then the murder's thrown into it and it just it, it's it's an amazing yeah. amazing I mean, story i mean I,
0: the murder alone like with with charlie trying to figure out why he was there i mean that alone would be a decent enough story yes. but then he he finds the uh, he meets up with the the head of studio security and and reads the file on his desk and uh um the murder isn't made out to be a murder and and it it's it nice. really goes and so i mean that alone and then you have you have um flapjack and and i want to know more about that character there just there are there are little things where even if Brew baker is just like yeah i'm just going to kind of sprinkle this dude in and and he's somebody that you know you want to no more about I mean the whole now you have the head of the studio and and now he had I guess the thing for for the starlets. and it's just right. there are there are layers in whether or not you know things actually happen like this this way back in, in in these days in hollywood land it's it's just in a lonely place is is the movie where where bogie was a screenwriter that's that is definitely the type of um movie I picture where when i when I was reading these two issues but uh again it, it's another one where i it it's it's my travels for this week i definitely recommend it if if um it's not it's not um it's not criminal it's not incognito it's it's not uh it's 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 a different it still looks like Baker and phillips but it is a mm-hmm. uh it's it's more um true crimey kind of it, it's 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 definitely a story that you would expect to read about or or, or bill curtis would would you know do it do a um documentary on it it is a it it's more real life than the other stuff that uh that, that you'd get from these two guys
2: yeah and uh in the first issue there's a a text piece accompanying the issue called um the lonesome death oh, yeah. of, of- of Peg Antwistle by, uh, Devin Farachi and the, the events of the, the, uh, story in the, the from the It's tech not piece, even so much perfectly. that it's,
0: it's, it's Peg's story, but that it's Fatty Arbuckle's story also. Right. And
2: mm-hmm. there's a piece on Fatty Arbuckle in the second issue, right. which, which is, I mean, you, you get so much in the singles that, um, yeah, it's great to read these stories like I did in the Fatale, you know, in one shot. But I think the the more um, immersive experiences in the singles with with all this back matter, come well, right, on. With the Brubaker I mean, just... stuff,
0: I mean, always, if, whether it was Icon with the Criminal and, and Incognito or, or with, uh, you know, it, it's – you were always getting a ton of back matter with, um, with Ed's books. yeah.
2: And poor Charlie likes to hit the bottle. The he stuff. does.
0: I mean, yeah, he, I mean, yeah. which is why he's, d- he's trying to figure out if, if, baby, you know, it, it's, he's the cause of all this. He is, he, he's a blackout drunk. It's not, um, it's not Freddy. Yeah. And way.
2: when, what, the, the thing I, I like the most out of it, it wasn't, it's not a story where, where you have the main character wondering, did I murder this girl? Did I not? He knows. Right off the bat, when he wakes up, that he did not murder this girl, but he's lost the he still has to cover his tracks. Right, right. He's got to cover his tracks. But when he sees the official proclamation of her death, that's when you get the that that douche chill. Like douche something chill. is going on. <laughs> something <laughs> is going on here because they they covered it up to make it look like a suicide, and he knows that is not the case. So mm-hmm. this is a great series. Jump on this soon. This the first issue is already in the second printing. Awesome. Good for them. Yeah.
1: Yep. In your travels, I'm going to switch it up a little bit and talk about some games. Oh. Yep. Yep. Uh, it, two of them comic related, one not so much, but it, uh, it deserves to be mentioned because it's awesome. Um, first of all, really enjoyed playing through the second season of Telltale games, The Walking Dead, cool. season two. Uh, which for those that don't know, it's a, essentially a, a, uh, it's as much a a interactive comic book as it is a, a video game and as much as it's more like a dragon's lair where you're, you're, you're doing some choose your own adventure where the choices you make affect the story and then you're doing some, some, uh, movement, some, you know, jump left here at the right timing or Press the button here just at the right moment. It's very evocative of the Dragon Slayer, uh, format. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you get the combinations right, then you, you live to fight another day. But, uh, thought, uh, thought, thought volume two just, uh, season two just wrapped up and, and it was, it was super engaging. Uh, and it, uh, picks up where, for those that played the first season, it's, it, uh, it picks up where Clementine, um, who's the, the survivor of the first season, uh is is on her own and she comes across a new band of people and and uh hijinks and as they all head up north to a a fabled supposed city that's gonna give everybody sanctuary. So um
2: did they release this in chapters like mm-hmm. they did the first Yeah one? five chapters. Oh nice chapters nice. I I thought the first one was yeah, great. Yeah
1: the fifth chapter had came out pretty recently so I um I I waited for the five to come out and bought them because they they just like the last time I they they sold the five at a decent discount if you bought them all together. So, um, but yeah, very very fun. Uh, pl- plays really well on the iPad. Looks great. Um, so I, I shout out to that. Um, on a completely different uh, spectrum of the gaming world, um, Rovio put out the long-awaited Angry Birds Transformers. Yes. Um, it's not at all what I expected. <laughs> um, you know, I, I thought it was just going to be another in the long line of successful. Uh, thematic Angry Birds, much like Angry Birds Star Wars or Space or Seasons, uh, where you just have the physics game of you're playing the birds and you're trying to knock over, uh, the, the different constructs along with the, the pigs. Um, in essence, it is that, but it's, it's a, it's in a Contra style first person shooter or third person shooter where you are, uh, a different transformer and you're moving across the screen from left to right, uh, in constant motion and Using your weapon to shoot out towards uh, almost three dimensional, but multi dimensional, uh, uh, constructs to knock over and defeat the, uh, the different enemies. Um, you can transform into your vehicle. You can enlist a buddy, uh, and there's the obligatory, you know, power ups and and evolutions. A lot of fun. Um, played it for a while. My kids all have all been playing it. I will say, um, it's a bit repetitive. Uh, in that there's a lot of in-app content that you can buy, but if you just want to level up, uh, naturally, they've really made it long in the tooth to do so. It, it takes a long time after the first few level ups to, to move on in the, uh, in the world and, uh, without paying money. So a little bit on the economic greedy side, but if you're patient and you just want to play for 10 minutes a day, uh it's a lot of fun. The opening intro video and the uh, the screen the, the the screenshots in and out of the of the levels are totally done in the form of the eighties uh yes. Funimation cartoons. So again, if you're our age and you liked that cartoon as a kid, then it's gonna be extra sweet for you. Um and then the last game that I wanted to shout out, and again this one is not comic related, but I actually found it to be the most fun of the three is a game it's the inaugural game by a new gaming company uh it's it's a a bunch of head designers from Rovio which is the the company that makes the Angry Birds games they left to start their own company uh and it's uh, the game is called Best Fiends uh instead of best friends it's Best Fiends and in essence it is a story where you are um you are uh taking f- a bunch of different a bunch of different bug-like characters, and each character has a different power-up. And think of it like a Candy Crush game where you have a grid of things you have to destroy. And the um, you're fighting slugs, essentially. So as you destroy different, different rows or columns or what have you, um, you take hit points off of the slugs. So it's a little bit of candy crush, but in a much cooler graphic setting, a match three game, yeah, kind of but okay. the, like some of the bugs that you can control have can um level up and destroy rows, some of the bugs can destroy three by three squares, some of the bugs can um can create uh other chains of the color so that you can level you know you can get because there's 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 chain bonuses so if you if you string together uh you know 20 of the same color block together you'll get you know that much more of a bang for your buck than if you string three but uh it's it's super fun and unlike Angry Birds Transformers it it like all games offers in-app purchases but so far you've been able to level up and get new powers and new bugs and get to new levels pretty easily without having to pay money um so it's much more satisfying and you can power through it a lot faster. So I would definitely recommend that. It is free. Both, both Angry Birds Transformers and Best Fiends are free. Um, and are a ton of fun and Telltale Games Walking Dead is not free. It's, uh, I think it's like 16 bucks for the whole. If you want to buy all five episodes. Um, so you yeah, know, that's
2: they eventually release them on disc. Okay. Too, if you're so, so inclined. there you go.
1: Yeah. But yeah, it's a little gaming for that ass. If you get a little it's tired a of, of, uh, of 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 reading comics.
2: Speaking of games, one game I really have to get my hands on is that damn Deadpool game. Oh okay. Yeah, I hear so much about it, and there's cable uh content in it, so I gotta eventually get it. I heard it's foul as hell. Mm-hmm. Even, even Rob said, you know, that was one of the games that he was a little bit hesitant to let the kids play because it was just so okay. obscene. So i got to get that. If it's obscene, why don't I already own it? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Seriously. All right, everybody. Hey, I like the gaming talk once in a while. Good on you. Good on you. Uh, Thank you for being here. Uh, We hope you're here with us next week. 3D Cowboy says thanks for being Mm -hmm. here. Yeah. And uh, we we can be found the same place you found this. And we'll be waiting for you because, David, say it. Vince loves you. He does. Mm-hmm. He really does. And so does David and Jason. And we'll be here. You go. Go have fun. Go read some of the books we talked about. Remember next week what we're going to talk about. Read, read that damn out, because awesome. And read everything we talk about. It's, be a well-rounded it's comic definitely last. Yes, love that. Bye. <laughs>